Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hey, what's up? Welcome to another very late but very, very good episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast coming to you live from King's Comics in Sydney, 310 Pitt Street. Come pay us a visit, buy some comics, or to find us online, kingscomics.com. My name is Andrew Levins, and uh, apologies, this one is a bit late. Uh, I actually, for once, read all my comics last week. I'd finished them all by Sunday. I was ready to just get up nice and early. We were going to go to Cabramatta in Sydney. We were going to eat Yamcha, and then we were going to record post-Yamcha. You might call it dim sum in your in your neck of the woods, if you don't know what Yamcha is. Uh, and then we were going to record with Full Bellies, the best episode of Serious Issues ever. However, on uh, Sunday night, maybe because I read my comics too quickly, we'll never know, but I... Uh, I had a pain in my stomach, and this pain was very great. And um, I was like wincing with pain and trying to be all tough about it. My wife was like, "Go to hospital, you fucking dickhead." So I did. I got and I like a true millennial. I got an Uber to hospital, um, <laughs> and uh, I ended up spending six and a half hours in emergency. Um, and then I was kept at the hospital for two days after that, just being monitored. But by the time I got a bed. I was fine. I felt fine. So, and um, I, I found out they haven't really given me like a hundred percent. This is what happened. But one one doctor, just based off of like tests they did, she thinks I had kidney stones. But because I was in emergency so long, I passed them before I even got to bed. So this is the first serious issues episode in I don't know how long that is kidney stone free. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, joining me as special guest, uh, you may have heard her review dogs. Uh, last week, uh, you may have heard her taping boxes at, in almost every other episode of series. Just before that, uh, joining us again, uh, Lynn No. Hello. Welcome back. Sorry, I cancelled a yamcha plans. I know. I spent so long trying to get you to eat with me. <laughs> that was it. That was the moment. And uh, I text. I sent you a, a message. I think at some point in the night or in the morning. I can't remember. I, I, I don't know. At some point when I was in hospital, I, I let you know yeah. that I was that I was probably going to tap out. And I said I was in hospital and you were like, why didn't you let me know earlier? <laughs> <laughs> no, because we were talking the night before that, and then you seemed fine. And we I was fine. And tomorrow. Yeah. And then I was like, were you in hospital when we were talking? No. You should have let me know then. <laughs> so uh, last week we had Wayne on. Week before that we had Jim on. I just got them to read the number ones. But Lynn, you actually may be the only 
member of the King's Comics crew that reads almost as many comics as me and Siobhan do. I suffer so much. I can't even imagine what you go through every single week. Like, this was the worst week of my life. I had kidney stones removed. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I read well. a lot of comics. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, if, if you, you should definitely check out uh, Lynn's ramblings on Instagram and Twitter because you complained a lot about having to read comics for the show. Yeah, at, at Cup of Lynn and at Redwood Red Wonder, Wonder on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, what we're going to do on the show today is review all the number ones uh, that came out last week. Then we're going to review all the Marvel books, all the DC books, and all of the Image and other publishers' books that came out last week. I'm sure you've listened to all your other comic book podcasts. You know everyone else's thoughts, but guess what? Our thoughts are the best thoughts. So you're going to get them now. Let's Except kick off. Wayne's. Wayne, oh, yeah, Dora, Wayne's, Wayne's nowhere near wrong. this podcast. Wayne's yeah. Well, yeah. Wayne's, Wayne's Pains. They pain, they're called Wayne's Pains because they pain everyone who has to listen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to kick things off with First Things First, where we review all the number ones that came out last week. Uh, hilariously, uh, next to our stack from all of last week's comics, we already have this week's comics. So we're going to try not to confuse ourselves and review comics we haven't read yet. Um, but I've got a big stack of number ones that Lynn read some of. Because too many. Yeah, you followed in Siobhan's footsteps <laughs> and just kind of picked and choosed of yeah. which ones you wanted to read. Priorities, guys. Not dedicated to the cause. But first, I'm going to uh, review a comic. The, fir- the I reckon this is the comic that I've read the most times before reviewing it on the podcast. And it is a comic called Your Pal Archie. Number Why did you read one. It so many times. My son's name is Archie. Whenever I bring a big home, big bag of comics home from King's Comics, he says, "Dad, is there something there for me? Did you bring me something?" And um. Sometimes I'll be like, yeah, totally, this one is for you. See, there's a dog on it. And he'll be, he's not very convinced. But whenever there's one that has his, his name on it, yeah. Archie, he, he, he's very psyched. And, you know, I'm a big fan of the, of the recent Mark Wade Archie run, which I know you read I've as well. I started right? reading and started my Archie kick. I loved it. It's real good, right? Yeah. Um, but I can't really read this, you know, ongoing teen drama um, Archie book. It doesn't, it doesn't really hold his Actually, you know what? He's great. I've never actually tried, so maybe I should. Uh, but in any case, Your Pal Archie, number one, is all-new classic Archie, uh, written by Ty Templeton, who is uh, best known to me uh, for being the artist on the very, very good um, Batman and Robin adventures. Uh, it was like linked to the animated series in the 90s. That's oh, why man. I know I've, Ty Templeton. I've never heard of his name. He's great. He's a re- very good cartoonist. So he, he wrote these and he did the inking on it. And the pencils have been done by Dan Parent. And Dan Parent does all the Archie uh, comics in the Digest Archie books. So these are where, um, you know, the, the Wade run is kind of like modernized uh, Archie, you know, kind of dramatic side comics. This is very much strip format. We have... Um, Three kind of we have, we have yeah we have two new stories that are like ten page ten pages long, all goofs and antics. Yeah, they were um, quite fun. I really enjoyed this. This was fucking great. That was so good. Is this how the digests are like? Should I start reading the digest? Well, I mean, yeah, this is like like, like classic Archie that that strip format. There's a reason why Siobhan has a jughead tattoo. Like that's, yeah, that's true. That's what she she grew. I'm actually very keen to know what she thought of this because this is definitely someone channeling your Dan DeCarlos, your classic um, Archie writers and artists, and 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 trying to. You know, like there are slight modernizations. Everyone has mobile phones, oh, and yeah. and the references are a bit more modern. But it it's very classic. You know, the first one, uh, Archie gives Jughead driving lessons. I love that one, which was real goofy and silly. And then the second one, actually, which is proving this is not just a strip one. This is going to be an ongoing thing. Um, after being denied uh, a night out with Veronica because she's going with some rich hunk to go see a night at the opera, um, Archie decides to write his own opera. To win her heart back, oh, yeah. and Jughead spends Archie's money on a lottery ticket, and because Archie's so wrapped up in 
in uh, in in writing his crappy opera, he doesn't check that the He's winning won results. Fifteen million dollars. So that's why this this, oh this little God. short story ends with with him becoming a millionaire, and yeah. I, I, that's like that's fun antic stuff, yeah. you know. And you couldn't do that in Wade's run. Yeah, because in, yeah, there's there's too much that would come after. But that. But this is the perfect, thing, you know, it, it's the perfect mix of the modernization with the like classic spirit of of, of of the original Archie strips. Um, and then there's a backup as well, a fun little um, bonus classic Betty and Veronica story by Dan Parent, um, who, who, who drew this, the, the, um, the other, the other comics about them uh, basically finding like, I dream of Jeannie and, um, uh, oh, is that who she is? Yeah, that's who he is. I was about to ask, is Jenny Genie like already a No, no, character? no. This is, is yes, yeah, this is like, like, like oh. the, the Archie version of uh, Archie of Genie. I think just appearing in this one one strip only. Oh, okay. But Betty, Betty wishes she could become a surfer. Veronica wishes she gets a big yacht. And then uh, they wish the Genie away because the Genie hits on yeah. Archie. Yeah. yeah. I, look, I thought this is a great collection. I, I, I read this too. I have like, you know, I try really hard to get my son into comics and he loves the idea of comics. And actually he does love, you know, it's, it's just hard to find one that he's actually really wrapped in. And I read this to him three nights in a row. That's good. He loves this comic. And um, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% signed up to, uh, to collect your pal Archie. And I definitely recommend anyone who, who likes the character, or especially the classic stuff, pick it up as well. Even if you don't like the classic stuff, because I've never seen it, I had fun. Yeah, like great, it. awesome. Um, so over now to Boom Studios um, for their second, a brand new uh, Power Rangers comic called Go Go Power Rangers. Uh, Lynn, what is your background with the Power Rangers? I grew up watching it. Mm-hmm. I used to play with action figures of it, but I haven't read the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger run. Like, I haven't read that at all. <laughs> So, so I tried to get into that. it. I, I think that the, the, the talent behind the main Boom Power Rangers book is very good, but I think it relies on you having a bigger connection to the characters than what I do. Yeah. Um, so I was very lost in it. And there were moments where I was like really straining to try and work out what was going on. And I was like, why do I care this much about fucking Power Rangers? Okay, as someone who, because I'm awful, I still watch all the current new episodes of all these weird Power Ranger things. The Red Ranger is always so emo. <laughs> and in this comic he is as well like they're all having fun celebrating after some win at the start and then he's got his own little like monologue going about some danger coming ahead and that's so red power ranger like that was so red power ranger so the uh that's so red power ranger this could, that, 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 that new contender for uh the first contender for what this episode could be named yeah um so uh the, the my main problem with the main Power Rangers title is that I don't know where it fits. Like, oh, yeah. if it does because the Green Ranger is in it, but he hasn't become the White Ranger yet, and all this like I just I just don't know what's happened before it, and if it fits in with some amount of the the TV this series should, oh, or okay. uh, yeah. Whereas this is really a lot easier to follow. It's it's pretty much year one. Yeah, it's Power Rangers year new, one. They yeah. fought their first battle. Yeah, and I guess so. So you don't you, you don't get their origin story. You just get their their first year as Power Rangers. Yeah, um, it's called Go Go Power Rangers. It's written by Ryan Parrott, and uh, best of all, it's been illustrated by Dan Mora, beautiful, who did uh, the Claws or Klaus, um, the Santa Claus Grant Morrison book for Boom a while ago. He also did some great issues of the WWE book that uh, that I, yeah, I liked. Yeah, I read what, that. Yeah, I thought it was. Did you read it? No. no. <laughs> all right. I, I, I don't follow wrestling, but I, that was a quite an enjoyable book until I realized I don't follow wrestling and I had no idea what was going on. But I lost about five issues. Uh, Dan Moore did a few issues. That, Dan Moore is a great artist. I've never yeah, seen him on so anything besides a, a, a boom book. Yeah. And uh, when I saw him on this, I was just like, oh, man, this is going to be great. Yeah. And uh, look, from an art point of view, this is... It's so beautiful. Fantastic. Yeah, it's so good. And um, 
again, this isn't you know it, it's this isn't a very it's not a very nineties feeling book when the, when when these characters were all created. It's it it kind of feels almost in line with what I wished the movie that came out this year was like. You didn't like it? it why would did you like it? I liked the the weird wanking off a cow joke at the start. That, <laughs> yeah. Like the first... I didn't hate it. It was fine. Yeah, it didn't offend me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna fit him fine. <laughs> uh, but uh, I thought this was this was fun. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? As as as, as a much bigger Power Ranger fan than me, it was okay. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's what I like about Power Rangers: they're teenagers who are also superheroes. I like it when they're teenagers just hanging out, being teens who have superpowers. Kind of. Yeah. I think the what lets the Power Rangers as a as a franchise down for me personally. I don't like the villains at all like the putties and Rita Repulsa and all that stuff and even like Zordar and whatever what is it Zandar was Zordar Zordar who's, who's the big blue face that they talk to Zandor Zan, oh god well, a fake fan over here <laughs> Zandor Zandor I think it's I'm sure, no, it's Zandor. I'm, sure it's, I'm sure I got it right I think it's Zordar <laughs> is it Zordar um whatever he's blue face big blue face yeah. um Brian Cranston in the movie that came out this year, um, but I, I, I just found all like I, just the reminder of like oh yeah that's what the Power Rangers is about. Yeah, I think I just don't like the Power Rangers. I feel like Power Rangers is very kid show. Like the villains are evil just for the sake of being evil. There's no ulterior motive. Like they just want to destroy the world. Like yep. that's just how Power Rangers is. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm desperately trying to read this Zordon Zordon. Yeah, is and his you name. had. In- <laughs> we have, I reckon, at least a hundred listeners going. It's fucking Zordon, you yeah, cunts! I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I watched so much. I probably should have known way faster. Um, so yeah, look, I think I might, I, I might give this another issue or two because I did enjoy all of the uh, teen drama of it all. I just love teens. I love, I love teens. Just get, get them, get them in a, in a room. <laughs> give them some cool costumes. Get them, let them teen about. I love it. But um, yeah, all of the all of the law behind Power Rangers. It's it is. It's pretty eye rolly to be reminded of. Yeah, I, I'm not going to continue. I've had my taste. Okay. <laughs> um, now we are going to uh, get the first heated moment of the episode, I think, because this is a one shot that came out through IDW and Dark Horse last shot? week. Yep, it is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossed with Usagi Yojimbo, um, written and drawn by Stan Sakai, who is the creator and, uh, like, you know, the only writer and artist of Usagi Yojimbo, which is an ongoing. Uh, comic about a samurai bunny rabbit. Uh, he's tied in and even crossed over with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon in the nineties. Yeah, so that's all, I know Usagi from there. Right. He was not as dumb there. So you thought this was dumb? This is so dumb and boring. So yeah, Usagi Yojimbo is a very peaceful comic about the way the life of a samurai who happens to be a bunny and he, and his all these adventures with other anthropomorphic uh, and creatures. Some of them are, are, are evil. Some of them are good. Um, and the life of a, sen- sen- of a samurai can be very lonely, but you must be strong on your journey. Um, and this, uh, basically a portal opens between uh, the Ninja Turtles world and, and they get they come over to Usagi's world and they have to team up to fight a great evil. Um, it's pretty by the numbers stuff. Usagi Jimbo is normally much better than this. And uh, it's also normally black and white. And I, I wasn't. Oh, I didn't know that. Is I, it? Yeah, I wasn't too keen on the colors in this. I think it actually works a lot, but a lot stronger when you just. I, I, I just, I'm a big fan of Stan Sakai, I guess. So uh, I like his uh, his inks more than the um, the colors that we got here for, by Tom Luth, which is no slight on Tom Luth. It's, it's you know when you're used to something, yeah. you prefer it. Yeah. Uh, but you, you didn't last. You didn't even make it through half of this, did you? Oh, I made it up to when that evil fox-looking guy who's appeared. A, who's a great character. <laughs> Um, yeah, fuck, I tried so much. 
I tried to get through. I can't believe we made it to the page where the guy appeared. It's just, it wasn't, there was no substance for me. It's just like, I needed yeah. more than that to continue because it was so thick. I judge a book by how thick and how many words it has. But it was, it was, it was real, very quick to go through. It's, Not for me. <laughs> well, okay, right. I think I might have just been tired after reading. I mean, like, it's one of those things when, when, when someone starts talking about the samurai way of life and that kind of stuff, my mind, I just read the first word and the last word of the, of the oh, book. I'm no, like, fill in the gaps and just, <laughs> probably, it's fine. I probably should have done that. <laughs> Uh, through the whole start like nah it was just like I needed more maybe there was more later on what happened at the end what um, I don't know they, 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 freed, they destroyed the great evil and then the turtles went back to their world is like the great it, evil the fox guy uh, yeah and, and some other evil that he was channeling it wasn't like you know it, it, it's it's usually a lot more interesting than this but I think oh, you, know, okay. just because, you know it's hard doing a crossover that's as interesting yeah, as, yeah. as both counterparts um, if you're a fan of Stan Sakai I definitely recommend getting, picking this up but probably not the the incredible in, entry point to Usagi Yojimbo that I was hoping it was going to be yeah you lied to me Levin you said this is going to be a great Usagi book so did Jim Jim's a big Usagi fan too <laughs> oh Yojimbo <laughs> that's great um Oh, so this one, this next issue, we've got two, two, two number ones from the Vault imprint. Um, and listeners to the show will know Vault very well from um, the excellent Heathen book that we oh. review each, each month. And The Trade. It's um, out today. Yeah, Natasha Altarucci is, her, is the um, writer and artist. The Trade of that came out today. One of our favorite books of the last year on Serious Issues. Highly recommend that. And uh, I, I, just off the back of that, I'm always excited about new Vault books, even though I've not liked really any of them except... Heathen. We're going to review one later on that I think is okay. Um, but two new number ones came out this week. Let's find out if they were good. The first of them is called Lynn. Zorjakan? Zorjakan. I've forgotten it already. Zorjakan. Yeah. So it's Z O J A Q A N. And uh, this is written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lanzig, who wrote a boom book called Joyride. Oh. That came out last year. I liked last Joy- year. I mean, I liked that first issue of I it. Liked and it didn't really go anywhere. It, it went really, yeah. Some would say they just joyrided. <laughs> Um, and the art on this is by Nathan Gooden. Thanks so much for laughing. Siobhan would not have laughed at that. <laughs> I'm easy to please with puns. Um, so uh, this book is about a grieving mother who has, I guess from feeling the kind of reading in between the lines, she, she loses her son um, to police violence. Oh, okay. I'm glad you got that. I, I, I guess, I, I, if, I'm, if I'm reading the panels correctly. I mean, I I didn't really... I knew she lost her son, but I didn't know what happened. I was like, oh, maybe it was police. Maybe it was murder. Yeah. Uh, so this book is either like literally after, after while she's grieving, she gets transported to a fantasy world. All this entire thing is a, yeah. is a metaphor. So she's basically fighting all these demons in a crazy fantasy world. Um, which she spends many, many years in in this first issue, which is a you know quite a crazy psychedelic romp in parts. But then you do have as as, it, as we fill in kind of like the, the parts from her real world life, we learn of the of the tragedy that she's faced and the grieving process. So I'm not sure if this this whole book is about a metaphor for grieving, but it looks like the next issue they're they're going really high fantasy with it. Mm. So in one hand, it is a fantasy survival book. Yeah, but with, it has that very real world kind of grieving um, at the heart of it too. Oh man, I wasn't. Man, I was so confused reading this. I was like, is it flashback? Like in the middle? I can't tell when she's like in current time or telling me some updates on her life. I was just 
it was interesting enough and confusing enough for me to continue to get issue two, but I was so unbelievably confused reading this. Well, I thought I, I, I thought the real world story was a lot more compelling and I thought better done overall oh, from a yeah, storytelling yeah. point of That's view. That's probably why I'm... There's yeah. two panels in particular where they fill in this woman's story very, very effectively, but I thought that the, the fantasy stuff was like really dull. Yeah, it was, I, I don't know if it was meant to be. Like, Are we supposed to focus on the fantasy part? Well, I mean, this is, this is, a, this is an extra-sized issue. And, and and 24 of these pages were all the fantasy stuff with about four pages of the real world stuff. Mm. So I mean, sometimes yeah. they overlapped. I'm going to give this another issue. Yeah, I'm g- giving it definitely a second issue. I liked the art a lot. Um, yeah. It was very, played into the psychedelic stuff very well of being on a new alien world. Um, and also I, I like the idea of having a, uh, a comic that starts with Z on my pool list because they're, they're rare. Yeah. They're rarity. Yeah. Um, so the other vault book that came out this week was, last week, sorry, Alien Bounty Hunter. Uh, which is a much more by the numbers kind of action comic book than, than what I've read from Vault so far. Uh, this is uh, written by Adrian Wassel and David Boer, with art by Nick Robles. Um, and how much of this did you read? Wherever I told you, where I got up to. You shivorned it. Yeah, You're I mean, I, uh, I I really enjoyed the parts I did read, but since I left it near the end of my pile, I was just so exhausted that I just couldn't mentally go on anymore <laughs> um, but it was interesting from what i had already read so this opens with a, a you know a bounty hunter who doesn't play by the rules and you know he just wants to take down his target no matter what 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 the cost so you know damages public property and um, breaks and enters and he, he has he has lots to answer for once he's he's you know he, he gets a job done but at what cost lynn yeah. At what cost? <laughs> um, he then gets uh, kind of picked for this secret assignment um, and it ends up being an alien. Um, but this mm. is, they tried to build quite a big world here. I don't think they were as successful as they were trying to be. Um, mainly there are too many characters um, and it ha- they throw you right in the middle of a, of a big action set piece, which I normally love uh, in this book, but there are two voices and it's actually, there's, there's, there's more than one. There's maybe even more than two narrators at one point. But the, the two narrators are like this main character, the alien bounty hunter, and then the kind of, you know, his, his man on the computer who's in his earpiece. Can I ask, how did you know it was an earpiece? How did you know? Because I read the Chinese. I knew that. Oh, right. Does how a, did you know? No, I, I, I mean... You see, in, I, I, the, in the speech bubble in the top left corner, there's like three Chinese characters that says cell talking. So that means... Oh, so I knew right. he was either on the phone or on an earpiece or something like that. But I don't know how anyone else knew. Well, I mean, you, you do see a guy... Like with headphones on at a computer a couple of pages later. Oh, okay. Maybe I never made it that far. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, for everyone uh, playing at home, Lynn read five pages of this comic. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I think this was... Um, look, look, the art was, was great. So Vault are definitely getting a great a great roster of artists together. But uh, from a story point of view, I wasn't, wasn't too wrapped with this. But the cover for the next issue in which he is basically blending into an alien world to track down his bounty, um, the cover's... In- incredible Ooh. so if i don't know if, if it's a lighter week and keep in mind that lighter for me means i'll be picking up less than 40 issues <laughs> yeah. um I'll, I'll i might give this another shot because the cover for the next one actually that's that's a spectacular cover yeah. um all right you know what this cover just looking at it again I, I think i maybe want to see what happens yeah. next how did this end uh basically with him uh going into this alien world um oh, okay so it's not like an alien appeared to where he was he was no he did oh. yeah that, that he went he went he went to go track down his his bounty uh, you know his target, and then he t- f- realized it was an alien, and then a shadowy government government agency take him in, and, and basically say you've got no choice but to go on this mission to track this alien down. Oh, okay. But he's still got his his man in the earpiece. 
Even in across dimensions? Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> okay. It's very magical. Yeah. <laughs> um, now we're going to go through a bunch of number one books that uh, Lynn did not read. I, I read Van Helsing. You read Van Helsing? We'll get to that. But first, Guardians of the Galaxy, the Telltale series. I'm only going to bring this up because I actually thought this is going to be the first week since February that Marvel didn't put a new number one out. Uh-huh. But no, they decided to put out a uh, comic. I thought it was going to be a one shot, but this is a comic uh, based on the Telltale series. Do you know what they are? It's a video game, it's a game. series. Yeah, yeah, it's a game. Yeah. Like a kind of um, uh, like a, a story-based adventure game. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it, I guess this is like a direct adaptation of uh, of the um, of the video game. Um, so you know it's not going to be that great. Um, written by Fred Van Lante, who is a more than capable writer, who unfortunately just gets thrown on so many books like these. Like we read a lot of hit number one issues by him that are just like, I just want him to do go back and do Weird Detective. That's that was such mm. a good book. Um, art, art is by Salva Espin. Um, and this was a, you know, it was a fairly unremarkable Guardians of the Galaxy comic in a in a period of months where there are way too many Guardians of the Galaxy comics. So Marvel, stop doing, stop releasing these. Yeah, I mean, they're just like milking Guardians for all they're worth right now. I guess, I guess they can. Yeah. Van Helsing versus the Werewolf through Xenoscope this week, um, which uh, I, I thought was going to be a, a bit of a TNA romp. Um, because I was scared Venice. it was going to be. I was going to not read it. But did you? What did you? Did you pick up on this before we reading it? This has been. This is written by Chuck Dixon. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a, that was a louder. Sorry, read. I went really close to the mic. <laughs> so written by Chuck Dixon. Now, Lynn, you are a massive classic Batman fan, but of like the mid nineties. Yeah. Is that your favorite era? Nineties through two thousands. I think I have a favorite era. Yeah. Right. Okay. But I do love Chuck Dixon. And you love the bat. Then. You're a Bat Family fan, not just the Batman. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chuck Dixon uh, wrote an incredible Nightwing run. That's my favorite yeah, thing that's he's like done. His most, I think the most recent thing I read from him was like something called Black Tiger. Came out like a few years ago, and then it just like stopped. He's currently writing the uh, Bane Conquest. Oh, I'm uh, not into that. Yeah, I, I'm not into that that much. But yeah. Van Helsing is a uh, a sexy female Van Helsing character in the Xenoscope universe, which is full of fe- sexy female versions of all kinds of characters from uh, from different texts um but uh i they did not play on her sexiness even though the cover is like yeah. her in like a you know very busty uh pose that bra can't even hold her boobs <laughs> um this was actually kind of fun monster story of her like basically um not even monster it was like Just basically like a, a, a typical hunting es- espionage kind yeah. of book she she basically um tr- breaks into a um uh where did she go somewhere i think it's somewhere in china this place to take this magic yeah, the Forbidden City. That's is what it's that called. That should have been way more obvious. To, to find a um an, an artifact that she's gonna she's going to basically take photos of, of books to then find another artifact based on then. And yeah. then there's a, a great moment where the woman who who works at the Forbidden City um tracks her down. And they have a fight, and uh, I thought was this was like a fun little issue. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, if this is what the rest of like. Xenoscope is it's like not. I should probably be trying more of it, but it's probably not. No. Yeah, I don't know. If you if you are always like, what the fuck does Xenoscope do? This is a pretty good little introduction to, I guess, the good side of this universe. Yeah. Chuck Dixon with art by Alan Otero. Um, I might even read a second issue of this. Mm. I, want, I want to know what happens. Does she like, get out of the Forbidden City? I'll listen to the podcast. She missed her out. flight, Lynn. She missed her <laughs> flight. Now what is she going to do? Um, so uh, a new book from Valiant this week is Faith and the Future Force. Are you a Valiant reader at all, Lynn? No, I wanted to be, and I kept telling myself to try and know. No. Um, so I, uh, I'm, I'm trying to read as much Valiant as possible. I yeah. uh, read all the new, new stuff that comes out now, and I'm trying to go back and read a lot of the uh, stuff since they relaunched however many years ago. And one character that has not gelled very well with me, even though I fully 
like you know when, when i first saw a cover that she was on there's a brilliant cover of faith is the character i'm talking about brilliant cover of her like sitting on top of a uh, electric um like like power lines okay. like on her laptop um and she's like you know she's a bigger woman with big long blonde hair i just thought it was such a striking image and i was like man that looks like a cool book yeah but um she there's one element of her character that she's like she's like a pop culture nerd so she's a superhero that always like makes doctor who references and stuff mm. i hate that i can't stand references like i don't like it when deadpool does it i don't like it when most ca- ca- characters do. i hate i hate it when like you know there's a beyonce joke in a in the doctor strange movie for example i just i, I it's like the most cringy thing ever for me and this character is like that almost all the time uh, okay. so i wasn't looking forward to this even though it was written by jodie hauser who i'm a big fan of or i love her mother panic book um, which I think we, did we get a new issue of that this week? I think we did. Mm. Oh um, yeah, the week we were filming. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, art by this one was by Stephen Segovia, and also most interestingly Barry Kitson, who is a classic um, uh, cartoonist. Uh, but uh, this is called Yeah Faith in the Future Force, um, a, new, a new a new series featuring her. And this was actually awesome. It, it's basically like um, like kind of faith in a time loop. Okay. In which she has to basically every time that she loops back on herself, she has to get more heroes together to try and solve this problem. What do you mean loop back on herself? So basically, like this 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 issue, um, a uh, she gets recruited um, to go with this uh, other superhero to go and to this you know location to basically save the day, and she can't, and she ends up getting destroyed. Okay. So they the time time loops back on itself. And the the superhero goes back to get faith to get faith again, but says, "Oh, and we need your friends." And uh, so, faith in the future force is a bunch of heroes that she gets together. I don't recognize any of them at the end of it because I don't read as many Valiant books as uh, I should. <coughs> but I don't know. This is like a really fun concept, even if it is going to be like every issue she dies and she has to get more heroes. That just means there's going to be more and more heroes every issue. That's fun. <laughs> sure. <coughs> so yeah, I'm on board for this one. Um, Valiant doing good stuff. I will. I will read everything at some point because of all these goddamn. You know, if, if I just read less number ones, I'd and be just able to, re- re- catch up on all the things you want to read. Um, I'm going to speed through these ones. Captain Canuck through Chapter House. Have you ever read a Captain Canuck? I've heard of him. I never read. He's a Canadian him. superhero. Um, I thought this was a like this is the number one. And I was like, oh, cool. It's a great uh, entry point. It was season three, issue one. Yes, I was going to say, didn't he get a number one very recently? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was very very lost in this, and uh, unfortunately, not the entry point that I need to understand why Canada needs a superhero uh, that isn't Wolverine. Um, <laughs> I read a, uh, a a new book um, through John Co- like John Carpenter's new Tales of Science Fiction imprint which is through Storm King. Uh, this was called Vault, part one of three, uh, written by James Nines, um, with uh, art by Andre Esparza. Um, and uh, this was like a kind of similar to like alien, basically, you know, alien ship, desolate, um, you know, uh, evacuated ship. They just, like one ship discovers all, you know, an empty ship and there's spooky shit on board and then spooky shit happens to the crew. Uh, it was by the numbers. That yeah, there's typically. real violent moments. That guy's head gets pulverized, Lynn. Huh. On the on this page. What what's that monster? Movie? Yeah, it's a big. You don't really see that monster, but a big oh, green, okay. big green hand just pulverizes their head. Okay. So if you like pulverized heads, uh, I'd recommend it. But other than that, I wasn't 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 too brought in by this one. And uh, finally, I read a uh, a re-release that Image did this week of Bloodstrike, um, which was a Rob Liefeld book in uh, what twenty five years ago, so nineteen ninety two. That's the um, year I was born. Wow, that's terrifying. <laughs> uh, so this is, uh, yeah, um, the story layouts and breakdowns were Rob Liefeld. 
um, script by Eric Stevenson, who uh, also who still maintains a position at Image today. Um, and then you've got inks by Danny Mickey, who's currently doing stuff over at um, on Batman at the moment. So it's a pretty interesting uh, creative roster. Um, the book is by the numbers '90s Image Liefeld stuff, but. I was in the mood for it, and I quite enjoyed how silly it is. I kind of like look reading back through the pages now. I can't even tell you what happened, but <laughs> I'm sure there's like a badass superhero being badass and muscly, and um, always, always like standing in water up to his ankles because you don't Rob, legs. <laughs> Rob, Rob Liefeld hates drawing feet. Yeah. Um, but um, I, uh, I was very interested to uh, note that this is. This is uh, continued in another image book called Brigade Number no. One, and I was like, "Oh, I think I have that," and I do. For whatever reason, I have uh, the, uh, this, you know, image Brigade book, and I remember it, I have it. It's number one issue, and it comes with a uh, a trading card, like on perforated paper in the back. That's why you got it. That's why. That's why I got it. I got. I was in like a dollar bin. And I was like, "Ooh, a trading card." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Blood Strike. I don't know. Uh, it's fun when Image. Uh, I, I reread the, the Spawn Number no. One. They re-released it. Re-releases can be fun, and it's it's on great paper stock. I'm surely surely much better paper stock than when it was originally printed too. So go check that out if you're a Liefeld fan. Um, Leon, we're up to the most exciting part of uh, of of serious issues, and that is roll the dice for Marvel, Image, or DC. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do the honors? Sure. What numbers are which? Uh, so one to two is Image, three to four is Marvel, and five to six is DC. Let them have it. Let them rip, Lynn. Here we go. She's rolled it, and it four. is number four. So that is Marvel. Marvel first. Three. Three, it's Marvel. We'll do it again. One last one. Four. Four. Oh, oh man, God, Marvel. Man, you're cursed. You love Marvel so much. One. One. Okay, so we're going to do Marvel, Image, and then DC. Let's start with Marvel. Did you read Secret Empire number seven? Yes. This was, and last week we had an issue of Secret Empire, and I was like, this is like the low point of the series. Yeah. This was a great issue, right? Oh, Great's a strong word. It's for, not a, it's got, for, it was better for than six. A, for a ladder. Like for a, a, a an event issue towards the end of an event, like you know, unlike, discounting like Secret Wars, which was excellent from start to finish. Yeah, I was very surprised to get a book of this quality, like story wise, from this series. That's true. When you put it that way, yes, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, so Nick Spencer, obviously writing this one with uh, returning artist Andrea Sorrentino plus Rod Reyes and Joshua Casara. Um, first of all, the book is so much better when Sorrentino does art on it. And I wish he just did art on this entire series. Would you agree with that? Honestly, I don't really notice the art for Secret Empire. Like it just blurs together. Yeah, yeah, it is. Fun. Like, like for all their faults, event comics are always fun to read when you're reading them. Yeah, it's only when you reflect on them afterwards that you're like, "That sucked." Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, but without spoiling too much of the plot, although you've probably seen by right by now, a uh, you know one, one of the main Avengers gets uh, gets killed in this or. Killed in quotation marks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no one ever really dies in comics. Yeah. Um, but um, I think what what really sold me on this is that you have this excellent moment of glory, the final page. Um, you, you know, you, you you think everything is lost, and then you hear a voice from from you know, like someone who was leading the resistance is is dead, and uh, and you and there, and there are everyone, all the other like resistance are about to you know throw it in and just let themselves be captured by Hydra, and. Um, th- Someone says, you know, this is this is this is it, isn't it? It's over. And then you hear someone say, "No," and you're like, "Who's that going to be? Who's it going to be?" And I should have seen it coming, but it's Sam Wilson. I 
I didn't see it coming either. And I was like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, after I turned the page. And, you know, then it just says, we needed Captain America and Sam Wilson holding his shield above his head with the falcon wings on in the Captain America outfit. More just importantly, saying, red wings in the background. And red wings in the background. And I was just like, fuck yeah, that's what this book needs. Yeah. And this entire book is just going to be about Sam Wilson stomping on Steve Ro- Hydra, uh, Hydra Steve Rogers' head. That's awesome. Yeah, I think like, it's the- heavy-handed, but I don't care. That's <laughs> what I want from this. Yeah. I think that the cover of the next... Issue eight was them two, was it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, gonna. Oh no, yeah. The cover of the next one is Sam Wilson, like you know, basically oh, flying. Oh wait, no, I'm, think- I'm thinking of Captain America's them butting uh, heads. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I thought this is this is a good issue. I yeah, thought yeah, like, like, like far better than I would than I've been giving this this series credit to. So yeah. I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. There are, there are other really cool moments in it. I love the use of Punisher in yes, um, in, yes. In, in this book. I like that you know he. He uh, he's on Hydra's side because Captain America promised him the world that he's always wanted, which is you know the world finally free of crime. Yeah. Um. So it makes it makes sense. That's how you, that's how you sway Frank Castle over, and I, I love yeah. him. I love that his uh, outfit it still has the Punisher skull, but it's got you know the octopus tentacles yeah. over it for Hydra. Yeah. This is a good issue, and I also loved Mosaic coming back. Yeah, I I didn't know from whatever issue it was where they found the old guy that that was Mosaic because I didn't Neither. read. Did you read the Mosaic series? Mm-mm. No, yeah. I, I, I tapped out. It wasn't a very good series. Yeah, I just Siobhan liked it. Oh, okay, yeah. But, I just uh, had too many to read. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, when I was confused who they saved last issue, that was such a big deal that Black Widow was like, oh, he's going to, you know, change everything. Yeah, and they used to, yeah. they used him to good effect. Yeah. This is a great issue. And the action action sequences by Andrea Sorrentino, like, that's unmistakably yeah, that, him. There's there's a great yeah. fight sequence between Black Widow and and and, uh, and the Punisher that was very well well put together by yeah. Andrea. So yeah, I love scenes like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, good issue. I thought. Yeah. How many more of these are left? Is it three? I think ten's so the last. Ten one. issues. God, yeah, I know. Still too long. I, I asked the other day. Ugh. I mean, norm, I mean, they they always inevitably get to about that anyway with like you know epilogues and that kind of thing. But they shouldn't have to. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Was there a zero issue of Secret Empire as well? Yes. So and, and a free comic title. book day. And an Omega issue. And an Omega So it's going to be 13 issues all. All right, great. There is an epilogue. There you go. Anyway, um, Marvel also have another event happening called The Edge of Venomverse in the lead up to the Venomverse. Are you reading this? No. Now, this, these Edge of Venomverse's books are basically these other worlds. It's almost like Spider-Verse. Um, it is, sorry, it is like Spider-Verse where you have alternate versions of heroes, uh, Marvel heroes, and um, these in this instance, it's uh, different versions of heroes that we know and love, except they've, they've got the Venoms, they have symbiote. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, the first one was a great one about X-23, like mm-hmm. what if she had the symbiote? Yeah. The second one was the one I didn't like as much with Gwenpool, just because I don't, don't think Gwenpool works as a character. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then um, this one is Ghost Rider. And Ooh. the most exciting thing about this is that it's written by Simon Spurrier, who we loved. Uh, I, I loved his X-Men Legacy run. Um, I love his... We currently love... Uh, uh, what's his name? God, God Shaper. Oh, okay. You that one over at Boom. Yes, that's where I And uh, yes. that shark comic, um, what, Hook Jaw. That was really fun oh, too. Okay. But yeah, Slicebury is a great, great writer and I was very surprised to see his name on this. Um, and this was an incredible issue. Basically, like, yeah, Ghost Rider and Venom together. And it was just a really chaotic, it's Robbie Reyes, Ghost Rider. Oh, okay, I've got a, that was my first question. Um, and uh, basically, yeah, him, him taking down... Uh, him taking down a, a target and um, you know, this combination of both of their power sets. It was really, really fun. At one point, takes on a, uh, a character called... Oh, God, it was so absolutely ridiculous. It was like a combination of Deadpool, a monkey... Um, what the hell was he called? Something very, very silly and bizarre. 
Um, but yeah, anyway, anyway, it was a really, really silly and fun, fun comic that I that I enjoyed very much. So, do you see him get infected by Venom, or you just like go in there? He's already infected. He's already infected. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought this was a really, really, really fun book. Um, yeah. and, and it's it's a really fun event just to get these little one shots. Yeah, and they, each of them end end with um, the character kind of getting taken to another dimension by some by like basically Captain America dressed as Venom, like mm. a Venom Captain America. Pretty cool. Oh, that's pretty badass. Yeah, and the art by Ty Walker um, was fantastic, um, with uh, colors by Philippe Sombrero, which are also fantastic. So yeah, great. This is a, this is a fun little event. Two good event issues from Marvel this week. Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, the Punisher, we were talking about him a minute ago. The uh, issue number fourteen of the Punisher came out this week. Are you reading Becky Cloonan's Punisher run? No, I haven't read any <laughs> Punisher stuff ever. Yeah, I can. I can't see you loving loving a bit of Punisher. Yeah. Um, this one had um, art by Matt Horak, and this is a kind of just like the last issue, a, a one and done issue, like a day in the life of the Punisher, um, of him basically um, uh, taking down a bunch of guys who have uh, turned the power off in in New York, and um, as they try and steal some stuff, and it affects the lives of a lot of other people in uh, in Central Park at the time, and uh, some people die. Frank kills a bunch of them. And uh, you know it's 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 neatly wrapped up. I don't think this is this is probably the weakest issue of Becky Cloonan's Punisher run so far, but it was still fun. Oh yeah, she's doing she's doing a great job, and I, I love the best thing about this this run though is the Declan Shalvey covers. All They're the so covers good. are always so good. So good. Um, I like that one heaps. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this, but I really I'm, I'm looking forward to her getting back to the, the serialized Punisher stuff. Um, what Marvel books did you read this week? I want I want to talk to you about Marvel, something that I you, read, you read too. I read Weapon X, but you don't read that. No, tell me about Weapon X. Uh, Weapon X currently is in the WMD. What's that stand for? The we- we- weapons of Mass Destruction. Destruction, right? It's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't... I've just gone blank on what it's, called, um, yeah. what it's called. But yeah, it's in a crossover with Totally Awesome Hulk. And Weapon X. And Weapon X. Yep. Because yep. Greg Pak writes both of them. Yep. And then it has its own series as well. Um, it's just a crossover. I don't read the other two series, so like I just jump in at the crossovers randomly. Uh, basically, there's a guy that's captured right now, and they've been trying to rescue him. I think his name was Bobby. Um, so Hulk, Wolverine, Sabretooth, Lady Deathstrike, Domino, and... Uh, the one. other one. There's the other one. Um, Warpath. Is it Warpath? Yes. I did it, <laughs> I was like, damn it. Um, yeah, True try- geek. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reputation. Um, yeah, they're trying to rescue him. They've divided up so that Hulk goes and finds Bobby and the others just, you know, kill the staff, kill the robot, stuff like that. And then Hulk just, like, loses it when he sees Wolverine and stuff actually killing the staff. And I'm just like, what are you expecting out of that team for them not to kill? Um, and yes, yeah, so basically, since he's so distracted, trying to stop everyone else from killing the staff members, uh, the Bobby guy, he's in a tube where the timer has finished and he's finished the process that's combined a bunch of the mutant gene and the Hulk gene and he's like this crazy big green thing. So he's abomination, basically. Yeah. yeah. Basically. Yeah. Abomination too. Yeah. Good issue. Uh, or you're just I mean, reading it because you've come this far and you may as well keep reading it. I'm also Greg Pack biased, but yeah, it's, I've, I'm, I'm only reading it because I'm reading all like Weapon X normally. Right. It's just unfortunately I'm stuck in these two crossovers that I don't <laughs> want to read. Um, let's go through a bunch of other things that tied into um, Secret Empire this week. You didn't read any of these? Did you read? I read Cap. Both Caps? No, one Cap. Which Cap did you read? Steve Cap. Steve Cap. Nick Spencer, Donny Cates uh, writing this one together with Javier Pina and Andre Guinaldo. 
um, on art. Um, God, I've read this so long ago that I can't even remember what happened there. What happened in this, Lynn? Um, so this takes place after oh, Secret yeah. Empire 6 where Elissa teleports him before the explosion thing. Yep. Um, and he's just... Oh, man. What was the end goal of this issue? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, he's just like missing Alyssa heaps. And I guess Alyssa disappearing has what's driven <coughs> over the edge. He's talking to Sharon, trying to convince her to, you know, again. Yeah. So th- th- basically this whole yeah. issue is like basically leading up to the final betrayal of Sharon. Sharon Carter has, you know, yes. she, she's certainly his prisoner, but he's, she's allowed herself to be his prisoner and hasn't really fought back yeah. beyond words so far in Secret Empire. And this final, this is basically everything leading up to her finally fighting, trying to, Trying to take take Steve's life at one point in this issue. Yeah, there's a great moment between um, Cap and Odinson. Yeah, I love that. That was that was the best part. That was the best part of this. That's issue. also where I learned out that Thursday is named after Thor. I yeah, didn't, I didn't know that until I read this comic. <laughs> I was just shocked. The things you see, comics are very very useful in terms. They're of educational education. guys. But yeah, th- look, they're they're definitely building towards. I think the next issue is the the final issue of this. Uh, or maybe this is the I think this is the final issue of Captain America. Oh, like Steve it? Rogers, Captain America. I could be very wrong, but the next issue that they're, that they're um, advertising is the 25th issue of Sam Wilson, Captain America, and then I imagine Secret Empire is over, and then we get a new Captain America book. So, will Secret Empire be over? Three issues left. Yeah, they're, they're pumping them out. I don't know. I hope they don't. We got we got two epi- issues of Secret Empire one one week after the other. So. Yeah, but that wasn't a good thing. <laughs> you don't. You want? Oh, well, I mean, it is when the when the, the seventh issue was significantly better than the sixth. But I guess they do have to finish it before Marvel Legacy. That's right. Sometimes Marvel don't do that, and it's th- that's the worst when they when they when they start the new event before the other ones yeah, over. Fine, um, over in uh, Captain America, Sam Wilson, Captain America, again written by Spencer and Donny Cates, with art by uh, Joe Bennett and Joe Pimentel. Um, this is basically uh, everything leading up to Sam Wilson making his return oh. to the to, to helping out the the resistance. So, did you read this before issue seven? No, thank goodness. I because it says it says not to at the start. Oh, okay, yeah, because. Uh, that's the trouble I had with like following crossovers and the main series. I never know which one to read first. Generally, if it's important, they'll tell you. But, okay, so but, that one. And, 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 and if there's ever a um, a tie-in coming out the same week as the main event, main always event read first. the main event first. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah, I think look, they were both fine issues and definitely good kind of backup matter for the main event. Yeah, Steve Spencer's um, still writing that. Yeah, yeah, with Don, uh, yeah. Donny Cates, who is um, who we just learned is going to be taking over oh, Doctor Strange know. and yes. something else. Uh, uh, maybe Cap, Captain America? No, no, no that's no. Mark Wade and um. And oh yes, that is. It's very exciting. Okay, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, we, we oh. don't really do we don't really do comic book news, but if you if you ever want to get come um you know find out all the new announcements of of creative talent on superhero books and other books, head over to our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash series issues podcast, and uh, we have thousands of listeners there who just share all the new comic book news, and I say good or bad or. <laughs> This is fine. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't offend me. Yes. <laughs> um, so I'm now going to talk about Deadpool issue 34 by Jerry Duggan um, with art by Matteo Lolly and Mike Hawthorne. Again, tying into Secret Empire uh, because uh, basically Deadpool's been on Hydra's side. And uh, this is after he betrays someone that's been basically like, you know, very close to him since the start of Jerry Duggan's Deadpool run. Um, we see him finally make his uh well, I don't know he's kind of working 
working for Hydra, but he's kind of also doing it while like kind of fucking them over at the same time. Classic Deadpool, am I yeah, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I know he's with Hydra just because, isn't he just with Hydra just because Cap is with Hydra and he thinks that's the good guy side? Yeah, so he's realizing that, that Captain America is just straight up evil. Okay. Finally, it's taking a sweet time. Um, and then he did, uh, after after saying he's going to bring down Supreme Leader Rogers at the end of this issue, the cover to Deadpool number thirty five is Deadpool with Captain America strapped to the front of his Cadillac, um, while people hold up signs saying "Deadpool saved us all." This is totally how Secret Empire ends. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. The covers to these books are great. Yeah, it's a really good run. I, I, I am going to go through and binge it all very soon. I think uh, I I follow. See, the last two books you just reviewed, I did follow them a long time at the start. I had solid two arcs, three arcs, or something. And I just I've just dropped off over the few times. Yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. I mean, it, it, Deadpool is a character that you can't you can very easily have too much of. Yeah. Uh, do you read Black Panther? No. Um, down Tanahisi Coates. Um, the good. Oh, he, he wrote this. The good thing about this is uh, returning artist Chris Browse uh, doing great work on this book. Um, and uh, of all places to get this, of all things that that I would not expect to get in this in this book, we get a uh, a massive kind of. Uh, uh, story and kind of explanation the life story i guess um of thunderball from the wrecking crew i have no idea is, what that is you know the wrecking crew which they, they're, they're like they're pretty like low budget um marvel villains okay, yeah. they like you know one of them has like a wrecking ball the other one has okay, like a, yeah. i don't know like they're, they're basically like they're, they're just wreck shit <laughs> and then uh thunderball is the uh is the the black villain in in uh, the wrecking crew and um black panther and his his guys infiltrate the um you know the the bar for for villains, and um, they kind of uh, T'Challa talks to to uh, to Thunderball about potentially working with him. I guess I don't know. I thought it was interesting. It was a cool kind of redemption story, not what I was expecting. Um, this series as a whole, though, I don't know where Tanahisi Coates is going with this at the moment, um, but I'm sure it'll all be revealed in in a future issue. Did that sound filler? That seem filler? No, you... no, no. That was that was that was actually good. That was, oh, okay. that was the best part of this issue. Okay. Um, the the story is, I guess, meandering a little bit. I think it would read better in trade. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah, I did try to read Black Panther, and I figured it's better in trade. Yeah. Never picked it up. Have you read the trades yet, though? Nope. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna fly through these ones. Cable by James Robinson. Uh, this is issue number three of Cable, kind of traveling through time. <laughs> At the moment, he's in the in the time of the Mayans, and as he goes through all these different places they have like these weird future tech to take him down with and we finally see him come face to face with uh the man who's been he's been tracking down this entire series so far it's it's fine it's a fun action book who cares (laughs) um occupy avengers this week um by david f walker gabrielle walter and geordie belair i know what an incredible creative team right um this book just ends this is the final issue of occupy avengers and we're done uh and it goes out with a with a whimper um, we see the, what's left of, of the, this team uh, try and take down as much of Hydra as they can. And after they win a small battle, they then say, time to kick some ass. And then it says the end. So, yeah, mm-hmm. unfortunately not the, the ending. Ex- no. Yeah. And I, 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 just, I feel so bad for David F. Walker because he's done so much good, good over it. Marvel, like this was a good series. Um, Nighthawk was an excellent series. Power Man and Iron Fist was an, one of my favorite series. And uh, now he's got like a really lackluster Luke Cage book that I just dropped. And then this is over. So I don't know. I hope he gets something worthy of his talent um, soon. Yeah. Uh, Thanos by Jeff Lemire. This is the last book that Jeff Lemire is writing for Marvel with um, art by Jaman Peralta. 
Um, did you read any of this one? No, I don't read that series. Um, it's fine. Next. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading it because Lemire's name is on it. That's who's ta- that, that's actually Donny Cates is taking over Thanos. Ah, uh, okay, that's okay. Um, so there you go. I should have picked it up just because of Lumia's name as well. Do you read Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur? No, but I'm going to start the trade. It's yeah, you should because you um, you like dogs and Devil Dinosaur in a way. It's just a very big dog. Yeah, I like Devil Dinosaur from Secret Warriors. Um, so Lunella is uh, is Moon Girl, and um, this is a uh, basically this is like this kind of all ages fun kind of guide to the all things in the Marvel universe, and we finally see her find a alternate dimension mm-hmm. with an alternate dimension version of herself. Um, she has like a, she, her name is, um, it's like devil girl and moon dinosaur. Oh, uh, hey. <laughs> um, and it's, it's really, really fun and silly. And meanwhile on earth, um, uh, she has a bunch of robot versions of herself that are doing her day to day life, going to school and talking to her parents and they're all controlled by a doom bot. It's very silly. It's very fun. Um, and, uh, we see her deal, trying to deal with the girl moon problem at the end of this issue. I love this book. Uh, again, another one that I think would be better to collect in trade. Um, as opposed to a month-to-month, but it's still very fun. The colours and, and, and art are beautiful. Um, Iceman, number three, by Cena Grace, with um, art by Alessandro Vitti and Rochelle Rosenberg. I want to love this book. Um, I think Cena Grace is doing good writing, um, but I just I do not like the art at all. I, it just seems... It's not at a professional level. It's it's really... It's indie. Yeah, but, like, yeah. but then like I, I was talking to... Um, some uh, of the uh, listeners over in the Facebook group and um, they were saying like, you know, it would be so much better if Sinner Grace just did his style of artwork for this Iceman book. You know, even if he did like his, if this was like a half sketchbook book, because that's what Sinner Grace is famous for, it'd be way cooler because it is a very personal kind of Iceman story. But I mean, look at this, this look at this picture of his mother on the back page. That's not, <laughs> that's not professional quality artwork. And yeah. I think it really, really... This book should be a lot better than it is, and I think a lot of the reason I don't like it is because of the art. So until I get a new artist, I'm going to drop it. This is your last issue, then? That, that's it. I'm out. Three really? issues and I'm done. Um, Dr. Afra this week by Kieran Gillen and Kev Walker. Um, Kev Walker is doing wonderful work, beautiful uh, cartooning on this issue, but the I think the series just kind of lost its way, and I, I don't really feel attached any attachment to any of the uh, Star Wars books at the moment. I, oh, just, really? I just read them because I feel like I should. And that's not why you should read comics, everybody. So I may drop this too. Oh, you, I remember you liking Dr. Afra at the start. It's, you know? She's such a good character. Yeah. She's such a good character. And yeah. uh, it, the, the first six to eight issues or so were awesome. And then they tied over that stupid Star Wars event, the Screaming uh, Citadel. Uh, and now okay. I'm just like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done, mate. Kieran Gillen just got announced as the new writer of uh, the Star Wars comic, um, which is good because, you know, he did good stuff on, on, on Darth Vader. But they've teamed him up with, with Salvador La Roca again, who, again, did great work with him on Darth Vader. But on Star Wars, he's, like, he's recently been doing the issues with Jason Aaron. He's doing very photo reference art. Mm. It's really, really distracting and in parts disturbing, like these gross versions of like oh, okay. Harrison Ford's head and shit. Mm. It's, yeah, it's aggressively not for me. Um, so I, I, don't, I think I might, may just drop all the Star Wars books soon, which is yeah. bizarre. I never thought, you know, it's kind of the biggest property that Marvel has. Yeah. And it's weird that, that it isn't among their best books. But for me, it yeah. certainly isn't. Yeah. So those are our DC books. Marvel. Sorry, Marvel books. I read one more. Oh, really? What'd you read? Ben Riley, which you dropped after the first <laughs> issue. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you stick with this? Please tell. Greg, is it Greg Pack? Is that who's on it? No, it's Peter David. Peter David, close yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They're just continuing the arc um, of Kane has found Ben and they're just fighting and he's still pretending to kill that woman's daughter. Is it no. good? Is it fine? It's 
fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm not dropping it, so it's not bad. Okay. Um, let's talk about some image books now. Um, we were going to kick things off with uh, Shirtless Bear Fighter, issue number two. You read this one, right? Yeah, I do. Um, now, you are... I'm not going to use the word prude, but I know you don't like... Uh, <laughs> You don't like sex in your comics. No, I don't. Um, what about big, blurred out dicks? <laughs> I mean, it's so blurred out that like... It's it could not... be anything. What do you pretend it is? <laughs> I don't pretend. It's just a blurred out box. <laughs> uh, so this is uh, yeah, um, written by Jody Lehep and Lehoop and uh, Sebastian Gurner with art by Neil Vendrill. Colors by Mike Spicer. It's about a shirtless bear fighter who fights bears. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Talia from King's favorite book as well, um, and it's you know it's it's, it's an outright over the top silly cow, uh, comedy book. Uh, do you enjoy this? Yeah, I do. It's like so over the top that it's acceptable to be you know shirtless bear fighter. <laughs> yeah. um, I did like the montage of him fighting bears throughout I lo- America. I loved it, like all the bear references. So like for you know the first five, four panels are just him kind of battling you know big grizzly bears in in Houston, and then circus bears in Atlanta, and then drunk bears in uh, in New Orleans, and then teddy bears in New York. And then we see him fighting the Chicago Bears. Yeah, Chicago Bears. Yeah, that was the best. Um, in Chicago. And then some actual like San Francisco uh, hairy male bears uh, in the uh, in the streets of in Hate Street. Yeah. Pretty funny stuff. Yeah. <coughs> um, yeah, there's a lot of great gags. A gag on gag almost every panel of this. And yeah. most of the gags are pretty funny. Um, okay. Although I don't know about the introduction of a disgusting lactating pig man. Uh, yeah. <coughs> Bacon wizard. Bacon Wizard, yeah. I I'm thought, calling him Bacon Wizard. I thought that, 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 that was his name, Bacon Wizard. Is that just, his name, or am I calling him that? It's in my notes. Bacon Wizard is cool. That's a good name. Yeah. Um, it makes him like like him a lot more. But that that I was lost with that. I was like, I don't, I don't need a uh, multi nippled <laughs> half pig Bacon Wizard. <laughs> but you're right. What 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 what's somebody's trash is someone else's treasure. Yeah. Um, plastic issue number four. Another very over the top, gross, gruesome book that. Uh, everyone at King's was surprised to learn that you read, let alone love. I don't know why I like it. <laughs> I just do. So this is written by Doug Wagner with uh, art by Daniel Hilliard, colors by Laura Martin. Um, and it is about a uh, somewhat, let's call him strange man. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, who uh, has a relationship with a plastic doll. Virginia. Virginia. And uh, someone... Like uh, someone of, of of kind of great stance steals Virginia from him. Yeah, and uh, he then he's, he's like an ex secret agent, so he is capable of killing multiple people with like a plastic spoon. And so this is an extremely grisly book in which lots of people are beheaded and their their uh, heads are put in uh, plastic, plastic bags. bags with with their na- like you know his description of them, be it bigot or potty mouth, kind yeah. of scrawled on in in, in uh, permanent marker. It's a really, really good book. I know that yeah. sounds ridiculous, and 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 it's it's very disgusting in parts. Yes, yes. Uh, that the violence is 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 hideous, and but the violence, you know, is, and 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 the kind of acts of the people that we see die, it's way worse than having a relationship with a plastic doll, <laughs> and, and they've actually yeah. quite humanized that part of this character. Yeah, like he, he genuinely cares for her, and he just wants to save her. Like it's very, he'd be a good. Good guy to have. So, uh, last issue, he saved a woman from from being raped in a in a service station. Yeah, and now she's kind of become his sidekick. Yep. Do you like that element of the story? It's I don't mind it. It's you know it's odd but also sweet. Yeah. Which sums up this book, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a it's one of my favorite books of the year. I think like 
Oh, I haven't thought that far, but I, I always think that far. If, <laughs> if everyone, everyone listens, knows that <laughs> it's like the best. It's the best, or it's fine. Those are the <laughs> only options. Uh, Do you read Redneck? Yes. Oh, cool. Uh, it's a book by Donny Cates, written by Donny Cates, with art by Alessandro Esterin, arts by D. Kniff. Um And uh, in this issue, we learn the backstory of the non-vampire character who lives with all the vampires in this modern-day vampire tale. Did you know he was non-vampire at the very start? I didn't. I think you, you definitely learned that in the last, maybe the last issue. You kind of assume yeah, it. You started it, assuming, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't want to like be out of it the entire time so far. I think this this book is okay. Like it's yeah. not. It started off real strong for me. Now it's it's not it's not fine. It's above fine, but I was gonna put below fine. It's okay. Oh really? You know, I think I, it's above. Okay, fine. here's why I say it's okay. You finish this issue, which is whatever. It's 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 it's, it's an issue, and then the first line of uh, you know it, it is a skybound book. So Robert Kirkman definitely always asks his editors to be way cockier than your other editors when they when they write to their their readers. Yeah, and. Uh, the first line is, welcome to another issue of the greatest vampire comic ever written. Yeah. And I was like, the lack of humility, I think, knocked this down from a fine to a just okay. Uh, see, th- my problem is I didn't read any of the back matter this week. Oh, no, th- there's never any good back matter. It's always yeah. just letters. Letters yeah. are very rarely good. Yeah. The sex criminals letters are always good. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait to read this week's sex. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. See what else? That's exciting. <laughs> so yeah, I I I think the luster of Donny Cates is, uh, you know, and this is just off after him being announced on uh, all these Marvel books. I'm, I'm like, I, I, didn't, I didn't think God Country ended as strongly as it began, and I'm kind of whatever towards uh, Redneck now too. Ah, uh, 
Maybe he's not for you. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, Packless, issue number three. This is uh, the anthology comic by Dustin Weaver, uh, sci- science fiction kind of anthology comic. And uh, I've really enjoyed every issue um, up to now, but this one I didn't as much because uh, it was pretty much only one comic for the entirety of, and then there's like one or two pages of other matter. Um, the other ones have been like split down the middle with like a kind of one shot feature being the first half. And then we get like sci-fi ongoing stuff in the second half. And I, th- I thought this comic issue was nowhere near as good as the others. Cause it wasn't in that structure. Also, there was no fourth wall breaking, um, kind of inside cover comic strip too, which I'd, I'd, I'd come to really enjoy in the previous two issues. Weird gripes, but gripes all the same. <laughs> Kill or be killed, issue number 10. Now, if you are listening uh, to this and you don't live in Australia or you buy your comics digitally, uh, you might be thinking, look, I know you guys are putting this issue, this episode out late, but this comic came out weeks ago. Yeah. This one did not ship to Australia until <laughs> last week, so we only just read it then. Uh, Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, Elizabeth Brightweiser. We love every issue of this. Lynn, did you love this issue? Yeah, I love every issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this... Th- that's my version of a review. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this one we see, you know, we, we're seeing everything slowly crashing, de- coming crashing down across, uh, you know, around our anti-hero. He's, like, he's worse than an anti-hero. He's just kind of like a guy with a gun who's killed a few people and feels bad about it. Um, you know, he, he, all, all in the, uh, all, also to kind of feed this demon in his head. Um, but yeah, we, we see a lot of pe- people, in particular one, um, one reporter who has now actually become a special forces kind of like basically a, a special has a special role that no one takes seriously in the police force um, trying to investigate uh, this, these crimes that, 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 that the kind of hero of this book is committing. Um, and I, I, I like, I, I like that, that, you know, they're really building that character up as a, so I, I hope we get another issue from her point of view soon. Is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. And um, one of my favorite kind of things is uh, him discovering all of his dad's weird sci-fi pornographic art? Yeah, and I love that it's kind of playing a bigger role now. Yeah, in, uh, in 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 the in the book, and that maybe his dad saw the same demon that that that's in his head. Did you get that? What you got from the from the final stop front of panel? Uh, yeah, uh. I didn't get that. I got since he saw these paintings as a child. He's just like traumatized because obviously they're playing up him being mentally ill oh, yeah, that, the yeah. entire time. So since he saw these as a child, that's why he's seeing it. It's not necessarily that his dad saw it. I didn't think of that part. Maybe his dad just made it up. But no, yeah, that's no, what I that thing that that's also yeah. very valid. So yeah. we'll find out in in, pre- in future issues which of those things is the case. Um, yeah. Do you read Crosswind? Nope. This is that's- a great. This is a very good book, Lynn. This is uh, Gail Simone's new book on image that she uh, writes with Cat uh, Staggs on art. And have you ever seen the movie Freaky Friday? Nope. The original or the remake? In the remake, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan, they're very different in age, swap. Swap bodies. Ah. It's a body swap comedy. And uh, in this one, a, uh, a, like, a, um, like a mobster... Um, swaps bodies with a um, a housewife who is being forced to put on a dinner party for her husband's boss. Okay. So that so basically he he is now in the um in the body of this meek housewife and um he actually can cook so he he puts on an amazing spread and gets everyone cigars and kind of <laughs> like and, and and belittles his husband um while she has to dispose of a body and because she is you know forced to be a housewife she's excellent at cleaning um <laughs> it's it's Love a it. it's a really really funny funny book and like the the drama and kind of twist and turns are, are really interesting the new dynamic between the um the housewife and her stepson is is very interesting 
Um, this could grow to be like one of Gail Simone's best best works. And I, I just got to say, it's great to be reading one of her books again. What issue, what issue is that? This is issue number two. Oh man, I'm going to pick that up. Yeah. I love body swapping stuff like Face Off, you should- best movie. <laughs> I love body swapping things. You it's should so watch funny. Freaky Friday. There's two. There's like a there's an original one from like the seventies, and then uh, an uh, a, a, an an one as well. Yeah, but it's face off good. Freaky Friday, and isn't there one like with Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds where they both pee into the same fountain and then they swap bodies because they peed into the same magic fountain? Or am I making that up? That I'm could not be very knowledgeable that. in movies, so well, you, you like Face Off. That's that's about as knowledgeable as you need to be. Yeah, <laughs> I will pick that up. Um, Underwinter this week uh, by Ray Forks. Um, this is the uh, kind of like horror comic featuring a string quartet who are forced to play for a shadowy potential bird god, uh, and uh, each time they perform, things get worse and worse in their lives, and they basically have one more gig to play, and their lives are falling apart. It's really compelling and very interestingly uh, drawn book. It's not conventionally comic at all. It's uh, if you liked David Mack's art on Daredevil years ago, it's similar to that. Uh, I like this series. It's cool. Yeah. It's hard to kind of really sum up the plot beyond what I've just said, but uh, it's it's a very like uh, it's all about the the emotions of the characters as opposed to the plot. Now, Lynn uh, told me that I can't go too in-depth um, for... Can I leave? Well, no, I, I, I never actually go very in-depth for for, yep. for for Saga. Issue number 45 by Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughan. Can we tag out? No, no, I'm not going to spoil any of it because I know we, we have a lot of listeners who don't who, who read this in trade, you know, and, and it is We're like... We're the cool ones. And it is it is one of the books that you can't... That, that like, you know, it, it just isn't worth spoiling. So I think instead of saying any of the plot... I don't, I don't even tell you where they are right now or who's left, um, but uh, I think... I just had a great idea for a, for a Patreon bonus episode, a proper saga spoiler cast. I might reread the entire series and just talk talk all things saga for an hour with Shinbone when she uh, can't, has the Where time. Where will you guys find the time for that with all the number ones you read and Shatterstar? Or just drop all the ones. <laughs> Shatterstar. What about my kids? I've got kids too. But, they're not, but they can... Shatterstar. Shatterstar, all right. You hate babies. All babies suck to you. Shatterstar's a pretty good baby. Just because of his name? No, I mean, like, he's very well behaved. Which isn't really his name. <laughs> Excuse me, that's his name. My kids aren't... Well, you, don't even know, you don't know anything about my kids. No, They're don't. not very well behaved. You're right. Shadow's <laughs> yeah. is quiet, doesn't cry, like a toy baby. He's also, like, three weeks old. Yeah, but aren't babies always crying? Sometimes. I will say I love this issue, and um, I just think that, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that this series can continue to just be as surprising and emotionally investing as it was when it started. I know a lot of people, I always, I'll listen to podcasts and I'll always hear people say like, oh, I'm dropping this now. It's not, not the same as when I, when I first started reading it and you know, whatever, like choose the way to read saga that suits you best. For me, this is just such a perfect monthly book or, you know, not almost monthly book. Yeah. Um, I, I never, I never forget who anybody is and he is just the, the master of insane cliffhangers and the cliffhanger that was uh, introduced in the last the last issue, issue 44, which I was like, what the fuck? What are they going to do with this? Uh, ends up being maybe one of the sweetest, most heart-wrenching moments of the series so far. And I did not see it coming. And you've got to hand it to uh, to Brian K. Vaughan for having the idea in the first place. And then you've got to hand it to Fiona Staples for making that idea into what we see on the page. Yeah, It's a brilliant comic. Everyone yeah. fucking listening knows that. It's Yeah. It, it, it's 
consistently one of the best comics. Yeah, it's always it's always winning Eisner's as well, and I think it's not fair. It should just stop being nominated so other titles can win Eisner's. It should just get it should go it should get one award. It's the Saga Award for continuing <laughs> yeah. to be Saga. Every time I see it on the Eisner, I'm like, it's not fair. No one else has a chance. So those are our image reviews, or are they? Lynn, I've got one more image book to review, but I'm not going to review it now. In fact, I'm going to review it with somebody else who isn't you at the end of the show. I'm talking about Savage Dragon, issue number 225. <laughs> I should have held my mic. 100 pages of, uh, of Savage Dragon will be 100? reviewed. Yeah, it's a big, big, big bonus issue for it because it's that very magical 225 number and uh, to review with me later in this episode. My first ever Savage Dragon issue I've ever read uh, will be the uh, King's Comics number one Savage Dragon fan, Jim, returning. Jim Bone himself. Jim Bone. Jim Paparajabajo. <laughs> That was it. That was definitely it. <laughs> so let's talk about DC, Lynn. You are, you know, I know, I know you don't. We, none of us, none of us really choose sides, but you are, you are definitely DC at heart. DC is your. I think because I've read, I got into Marvel only a, like very late in the game. I only started reading Marvel maybe like a, five years ago. Mm-hmm. So I know way more DC things. So yeah, um, let's. Uh, you, you can dictate which which issues we talk about first if you like. But let's not do okay, that. Okay, I'll let's do it. You, <laughs> you know, I I have the same comic that's at the top of my pile as at the top of your page. Mine's I'm, alphabetical I'm, order. We've got to point out that that Lynn has the most insanely well put together notes. How like do you spend more time like you and you just do this for for yourself anyway, right? What do you mean? Do you write down and make these beautiful collages for every comic that you read? No, I did it for the podcast because. I don't carry the comics around with me. Ah, right, okay, so I was like, sure. oh, how will I know what happened if I don't remember the pages? So I wrote I, down the important things. I'm going to take photos of your notes because these are awesome. They're the best looking notes I've ever seen. They're so messy. Let's talk about Action Comics number 984, written by Dan Jurgens, with um, art by Patch Zercher, which is an incredible name. Um, I think this is like one of my top three DC books yeah. right now. Yeah, Action it, Comics. It was a bit low for me for a second. Yeah, but it really was. Yeah, this current part i really enjoy um so we have this is uh, one mostly set in the phantom zone you have uh the big team up of lex luther con keenan uh superwoman steel uh and uh and superman um against the massive team up of emperor zod um and uh a bunch of other people <laughs> 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 who is it you've got um metallo, metallo. cyborg superman yep. Uh, the Eradicator, yeah, Blank, and... Mungog, what, Magog? No, not Mongol. Mungle. Mungle, that's right, I always Mungle, got those two comedians. Yes. I don't even need the comic! Uh, <laughs> and uh, and Supergirl's there too. Um, I just think it, it's just so... F- and then also you've got Lois and, and John Kent too. Yeah. And um, it's it's really, really fun. It's really quick moving. Uh, like, you know, this is, this, this is a book called Action Comics. <laughs> and it absolutely lives up to that. Um, and I think, yeah, Jurgens just effortlessly juggles all these characters in a way that a lot of other superhero books are never able to. Yeah, there were so many characters. When this arc started, I was like, oh, this is a good idea. And yeah, it, it is a great idea. We yeah. should, yeah. Like, and, and then we get like, yeah, like a, a kind of new status quo for Emperor Zod, and, uh, which is exciting and definitely yeah. something we're going to see come back. He's now yeah. kind of, uh, he, he's got his family out of the Phantom Zone. Yeah. Um, and I also love that the Eradicator is his part of his family now. Yeah. Um, and then we, you know, we, we also get a flashback to uh, the man in the green hood who's kind of been overlooking all of Superman's uh, events uh, post-rebirth. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, who, who knows what's going on there? But uh, I thought this was a really great issue, a really fun wrap-up to a, one of the better arcs yeah. of Action Comics since it came back. And, yeah. Pe- it, was, it was good. Well done, Jurgens. Yeah. yeah. Yes, well done. 
Did you read Suicide Squad? No. Uh, another one that juggles lots of characters. Uh, another one that was very low for me in a while. I'm like, why the fuck do I keep reading this? But um, again, it's like always one of the first comics I read just because it is very fun and silly. This one may be considerably sillier um, than, uh, than usual because uh, Harley Quinn is now the leader of the Suicide Squad. Oh. Um, but this- Is Deadshot not there? Deadshot was never the leader. It was a Rick Flag. Rick Flag is is uh, is dead uh, at the okay. moment. Um, but this saw the the Suicide Squad uh, turn on Captain Boomerang after they realised they they learnt something that he did in the past, and uh, I thought it was quite fun. They hate Australians. They hate Australians. That's that's the reveal at the end. I gotta say, for uh, written this is written by um by uh, Josh Williams. Rob Williams, sorry. Rob Williams with art by Augustin Padilla um, and colours by Adriano Lucas. They, uh, he gets it when it comes to, uh, like, you know, writing Australian jokes. They're yeah. always a bit over the top and silly, but this book is over the top and silly, so the Australian jokes should be too, and they're always pretty funny. Yeah. So, good, well done, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Do you read the Commandy Challenge? No, don't read Why that. don't you read this? This is real fun. King yeah. Kirby. Um, this is the uh, kind of... I hate having to sell this concept every time I review a new issue of it, but a different creative team write every, each issue of this, and at the end of each issue, which brings back characters uh, from Commandy, the last boy on Earth, <clears throat> basically that character and different anthropomorphic animals who are who are like trying to kill him. Um, every issue ends on with a ridiculous cliffhanger, um, and uh, and then it's up to the next creative team to solve that cliff, basically get him out of the the, the plunging to death scenario that the characters leave him in. Oh. That's cool. Yeah, it's a really fun concept. That is a cool concept. But there's, I've got a problem, and oh, that is no. that two issues ago, Bill Willingham t- just wrote a flawless entry into this like fun game in which he just wrote a brilliant one shot with introduced a new character that's the best character we've seen in this thing so far. His version of Commandy was the best we've seen. The story was really engaging. The cliffhanger was ridiculous. And now since then, I don't want to read these other creators doing it. I just uh, want to read more of that. Uh, um, so this is uh, by Marguerite Bennett and Dan Jurgens. Um, and Marguerite Bennett um, brings the first, like, you know, major female characters that we've seen in this series and totally brings that, like, makes makes that a point, which I thought was really, really entertaining. They're, yeah, a, a, it's a team of of, of, uh, of dogs, basically, and they are, they're like science um, you know, very intelligent, highly, highly in- intelligent, uh, science studying, uh, female dog commanders. That's great. And, um, at one point, like one of them makes a joke about him only having, you know, like two, yeah, he goes like, you, he, one dog goes, um, well, it's clear no one's had you make a bed or scrub behind your ears in a fortnight and you smell like you've met two, hmm, three supporting female characters, tops, both of whom died, I'm guessing. Like, <laughs> that was that was the high point of this. But then it's the, it's just the, um, like, I get they're channeling uh, Jack Kirby, who was, you know, quite jumping from one page, you know, some crazy action thing would happen and then the next page, two more other cr- completely different crazy action things would happen. And so that, this definitely does that, but it just doesn't have the weight that, Bill Willingham's issue did, and uh, I, I kind of I, I, I wish I could forget that that issue existed and just enjoy this adventure book for what it is. Now but you have high standards. It was so it was like like that's one of my favorite issues of the year, of this like, and and it was of this you know funny funny weird book. So the next creative team we have on it um, is going to be and, and by the way, the cliffhanger this week was not very fun. Um, uh, Keith Giffen and uh, Rude is that Steve Rude Jim. Who's the DC artist whose last name is Rude? Steve Rude. 
Steve Rude, yeah, Steve Rude. So it's uh, Keith Giffen and Steve Rude. I don't know how that's going to be. Bring back Willingham, I say. <laughs> Start a petition. Um, actually, there's a, there's a new number one that he wrote this week, I think. So hopefully, we'll, hopefully that'll be as good as the Commander issue. Which one was wrote. it? That? Oh, no, there's in like this upcoming week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Wonder Woman. Do you read Wonder Woman? Yeah, of course. Does. So this is uh, the new creative team. I don't know how long they're sticking around for, but I hope it's a while because I really like this new take on uh, on Diana, which is in line with how she appeared in uh, in Greg Rucker's run, but it's way lighter and more fun, but without kind of sabotaging all of the hard work that was done on the character. Yeah. So it's written by Shay Fontana with art by Merca and, Dolf- and Dolfo. Um, one criticism this version of Wonder Woman, um, from a drawing point of view, looks like she's a teenager. <coughs> Would you but, agree with that? And Dolfo was doing art when Greg Rucker was doing it, was he not? No. Yeah. I don't think so. You had Liam Sharp, Nicholas Scott, and then Bill Chris Everly. But I have cut out page pictures of Andolfo. I don't know. Maybe it was like one fill issue. Maybe it was maybe the annual. It could, it could have maybe been. it was the annual. Yeah, that, that, yeah that okay. Makes sense. That's yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it's great art. I like Mercury Andolfo a lot, but I, I, yeah. I just yeah, I thought it's not this young one looks young. Yeah. 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 She does look really young. I thought there was too much fighting in this, to be honest. There's not much fighting, though. Yeah, there's, there's fighting at the start. And then there's a little bit of talking, and then there's fighting at the end. Well, no, a doctor, a, a, a doctor basically steals Wonder Woman's blood to uh, basically heal her of a, yeah. of a, of a uh, life-threatening illness she has, and then she kind of hulks out with Amazon powers. Yeah, and it's up to Wonder Woman to take her down. Um, yeah. yeah, look, it's it's a it is a you know it's a fighting issue. Yeah, Wonder Woman is prone to do so, but uh, yeah. I thought that this book still had a lot of heart. Yeah, no, it's definitely did. Just. It's just coming out of like the Greg Rocker one. There was too much. Yeah, Greg Rocker yeah. was that was way more about the you know the, the character, the character and development, and, yeah, and what it is to be an Amazon. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it is a nice change of pace from that though. I would have hated to have read someone who is as young in in the comic scene as Shea Fontana is trying to do what Rucker did. Oh and yeah, I, no, I like definitely. Yeah. She's doing this 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 story that's more in line with. I mean, I've not read anything beyond this that she's done, but it's it, you know it it feels very true to her own you know ideas on the character i like yeah. it yeah That's i don't one. hate it yeah, yeah. um gray uh, how jordan and the green lantern Corps. do you read this no <clears throat> um so they've this entire run has basically been about the uh, yellow lanterns and the green lanterns working together yeah um and it's been really really fun but sadly it all turns to shit in this issue and they have a big old fight man if you hated fighting you would have hated this cause oh but with Green Lantern it's okay there's like 50,000 of them doubles double standards <laughs> what so you don't care you don't like two people you don't like one on one fighting you like 50 on no, 50 no I like one on one fighting it's just like at the start Wonder Woman fights with like in this in like a wedding scene and then like and then she fights in like a different scene yeah where if they're in war you gotta fight um, so the best thing about this issue is uh, really strong stuff for uh, John Stewart who is one of my favorite Green Lanterns. Um, I like what a you know a leader he is, especially like a, like a you know very military focused leader. <clears throat> and it got me thinking that you're reading the Dark Days prologue. Yes. So you know how that whole thing is about. Uh, you know, it starts with Hal Jordan infiltrating the um, the Batcave to try and get to the bottom of what Batman's been investigating. Yeah. I think that would be way stronger if the Green Lantern who was doing that was John Stewart. Because mm-hmm. I feel like John Stewart's moral compass is he's always on the side of good. Yeah. Whereas Hal Jordan, you know, is prone to being wrong. Yeah. Whereas I would never, like, John Stewart's never wrong. I think that would be a, a, a way more kind of like, oh, wow, John Stewart. Also, you'd have to be like, oh, fuck, John Stewart knows about Bruce Wayne's identity yeah, as, that's, as Batman. Yeah, that's the flaw. But I don't know. I think that would be way more fun. Yeah, because anyway. then would be like, oh, Batman's really in the wrong if John Stewart yeah. thinks he's bad. 
Also, Sinestro's back. I don't know if you know if, you, if you, I don't know if you even knew that he was dead, but he was. I didn't know he was dead. Now he's back and he's deformed as all hell. But um, can I see? Yeah, he looks, all, he looks like a he looks like a red prune. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, let's talk about a book that I know you read, and that's Detective Comics nine hundred and sixty-one, uh, written by James Tinney and the Fourth, with um, art by Alvaro Martinez. Yep. Yep. Good job. And uh, inks by Raul Fernandez. Colors by Brad Anderson. Uh, we always sing the praises of this book, and uh, this issue again is another stellar issue of this yeah. run that just really celebrates so many different parts of the Batman universe that barely get a look in, and a lot of newer things that have been introduced to the, to the Batman universe too, like and, and things like you know like the whole Azrael stuff. Yeah, I feel like no one's ever really delved into Azrael as much. Yeah, and, uh, and and I don't really like the character of Azrael that much, so I, it's kind of cool being brought into that, like drawn into that world and finding it interesting. Yeah, I think you don't like him because we don't know enough to have him be really high in our favorite characters. Yeah, yeah. Now this is all really good, and I love the stuff with Batwing. And um, I think Batwoman kind of being like often like you know as as much as the focus character, more so of the focus character in this than than Batman himself is. It was a really smart choice. Yeah, I miss Spoiler, get her back. Yeah, I miss, I miss Timmy Drake, get him back. But you know, they're probably building up for something. They're doing, and also Cass Can is is, is great. Yeah, and Clayface. Love Cass. Yeah, Cass is the best Batgirl. Zatanna uh, on board. This is is real good stuff too. Yeah. Um, do you reckon this is the best Batman book at, at DC right now? How many are there? Is it just not Batman? At- oh, you mean out of all the Bat kids? All, all like yeah, well. out of all the Batman universe books. So you've got Bat, you've got Batman, you've got All Star Batman, you've got Batwoman, Batgirl, uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, Nightwing, Super Sons, because uh, Damian Wayne's well, in it. Well, Super Sons the best. It is real fun, isn't I'm it? I'm very biased on that one. It's not okay. okay let, let's discount that one. But <laughs> from everything except that, I, I, I think Detective Comics might might have it. Yeah, but I only read Batman, Detective Comics, and Batwoman, so Batman is the best. Oh, and Nightwing, but like Batman's the best. No, I, I had to drop Nightwing. Did you read that this I, week? I did. Tell me about it. No, wait, it wasn't this week. Oh, right, it's next it was, week. It was, it was last week, the, the week you did with Wayne. Right, I didn't read it. Oh, well. <laughs> um, but you know what book I did drop this week? Um, I'm officially not going to read The Flash anymore. Did you read The Flash? I did, and I keep telling myself that I should drop it. I really should. It's getting so bland. Yeah, I... I, I kind of I I've just kind of flipped through this one and saw that what, what they were trying to do they were trying to bring heart to the character of um, Eobard Thorn or whatever his name is the uh, yep. the Reverse Flash yep. and um, you know with like a kind of poignant note um, that he leaves after before becoming evil. Yep. Um, did you enjoy that as an issue? I just kind of was like oh, I, I I just really don't like that character. So I, I, I yeah I mean Eobard isn't my favorite. I like Hunter Zolomon way more for like a Flash villain. Um, I do like what they did with him in Rebirth because this Eobard seems to be like the one that's like the most recent Eobard. I don't know if anyone, if you know. I just like hearing you say Eobard <laughs> over and over. <laughs> yeah, like Eobard always goes back in time and changes his life to make it better. So that's what he always does because he's petty shit. Um, so this one seems to be like the final one where his parents were dead and all this stuff. But he's still boring. Like they keep rewriting him. And he's still boring, yeah, and like, I really it, don't care about him. He's like a boring Kang. Yeah, I like, like Kang more. Yeah, no, I love Kang. I was just yeah. saying, he's, he's like a he's like a really boring version yeah. of Kang. That like Kang, Kang only Kang will travel through time just to make things better for himself. Yeah, like it's just like they've been trying so much, and like and, I think- and take over the world. So Jim <laughs> yeah, was like, Kang. well, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think Eobard's just so petty a character. He's just not one of my favorite Flash characters. But I also don't like Barry that much. Like he's just so 
bland and yeah, hot, I, yeah. I always saw like I remember Barry as being quite headstrong, and he's not in this. Like he's like he's always kind of doubting himself and late and fucking up and what I don't know. Whatever. But he's been like that since New Fifty Two. Yes, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah that, 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 hashtag not my Barry. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, at the end, Iris apparently kills Eobard with some gun thing that was in the museum. I was like, wow, that just sort of came out of nowhere. Um, because this comic Iris is, like, just, like, a journalist for her to, like, shoot yeah, and kill I someone. Yeah, I think Iris West is real boring in this Yeah, too, like, yeah. yeah, TV show Iris, if she shot Eobard, fine, because she's the son of a cop, but, like, the daughter of a cop. But, like, this one was like, what? Nah. But yeah. I'm not dropping it yet because I'm so stubborn. What's next? Do you know, do you know which villain's coming back? Because as soon as the rogues are back, I'll read it again. I love my rogues. I don't know what's next. What's at the end of... I don't know. Whatever. Know. Who meh. cares? It's meh. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, All-Star Batman number 12. Are you reading this one? No. Nope. This is the uh, Scott Snyder, Raphael Albuquerque, um, the first ally story. Um, it's all about, like, it ties into Alfred's origins uh, as, like, a secret agent. Um, and I, I definitely think there's some cool stuff going on in this book. I just I find it, like, for a Snyder book, it's actually really hard to follow. I and find all Snyder books hard to follow. Yeah, I, don't, I, I find him like, yeah, I, this one, all of the big emotional moments of it are just kind of lost to me because I forget why it's important. Um, I like yeah. that Hush is in it, but that's about Ooh. it. Yeah, I, I think this is a, uh, this is definitely one that would read better as in trade. Is this the end of the arc? Or? No, I thought it was going to be, but there's, oh, there's at least one more issue of this. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, I, I, I've, I found this run as a whole, All-Star Batman, very disappointing. Run or just this arc? No, this whole run. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think everything and everything starts off like cool ideas, and then it doesn't really wrap up well. Doesn't pay off doesn't enough. Pay off. Well, I think he writes for trade, so I think it's it's just not a good one to read month to month. Maybe okay. I don't know. I look, probably have listeners that disagree with me, and that's fine. Yeah. Because Levin's um, is wrong. Batman in the Shadow. Again, another Snyder Batman book. This time writing with Steve Orlando. Art by Riley Rosmo. It's the coming together of Batman and the Shadow, which means it also is bringing together Batman and the Shadow's foes. And um, this book suffered by for having way too much Joker, in my opinion. No. That's such a... Well, okay. I don't read it, but that doesn't sound that good. What's that? You're not- because the Batman things always get too much Joker in them when they can't think of like what else to do. Yeah, I've, I've loved every other issue of this, but this one I still I didn't dislike it. I just thought the um, the the way too much Joker stuff in this. You have Joker teaming up with Shadow's um, nemesis, which you know Joker doesn't team up with people. That's yeah. crazy. Um, and I just I don't know. I, I I didn't find it as as fun as the last few issues have been. I'm still going to stick it through to the end. But um, it's I'm limited, sh- right? Uh yeah. I, yeah. I think there may be like maybe one or two issues left. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like so. I don't even know what this guy's name is, but the main shadow villain, um, basically like is, is at hospital with Joker. Like he's taken Joker to the hospital and, and nursed Joker back to health. I don't know. It just felt know. dumb. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> um, did you read any young animal books? No, I have moved on to trade waiting my young animals. Okay. Um, I thought you would read young animals because you love puppies. Is there puppies in there? No, but young there puppies are young animals. Oh <laughs> I get it. Um so uh Doom Patrol returns this week, uh written by Gerard Way, uh with fill in art by Michael and Laura Ulred. Um and then we get a little bit of uh regular artist Nick Darrington at the end. But this is a uh very, very fun and silly issue, um, all about Niles Calder, who was kind of like the leader of the Doom Patrol in um Back in the day, um, but he's kind of only been showing up in like one page at a time in, in uh, the new um, driveway um, run. And this one, we finally see him uh, basically approach 
the Doom Patrol who have just kind of gotten just finally gotten together in this book and uh, he sends them all on this insane mission in which they realize what a complete and utter psychopathy is and someone that they need to be distant from. So it's like, you know, it's very, very funny, even though he almost kills all of them and makes them compromise their morals and, and their and their genetic structure at many points throughout this issue. Um, it was really, really fun and then we you know he There's a dog. There is a dog, there's a dog in it, most importantly. And there's also a, <laughs> there's also a cat man in it. Um, cat, actual the Catman? No, it's just a, just a Catman. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, but, but bring 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 Catman back though. Actual yeah. Catman back yeah. though. DC, I love that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought this is a really really strong issue, and um, and uh, it was actually the, probably the least confusing issue of Doom Patrol so far. I was gonna say the reason I started trading Doom Patrol is because I, I was too confused between each issue. It was like you know you've got Mark Arrod on board, so it was absolutely played for comedic value, yeah. and it was it was yeah. just a, it was a real fun romp. Um, highly recommended. Uh, no backup material, though, which is one of my favorite things about um, the Young Animal stuff. There's always uh, like a fun kind of backup comic or, or funny like Bane's coloring in book uh, page, yep. which is kind of the reason I keep collecting every single uh, issue of these. Yep. Uh, but yeah, but Mother Panic this week, written by Jody Hauser with art by John Paul, Leon and Dave Stewart on colors. Um, I love this book. Do you read? Do you, read do you trade waited? I, I trade waited because I f- forgot to pick it up. But it is my favorite out of all the young animal, I'm and it's just one. getting better yeah. and better. Yeah. Um, and I, I love you know all of these books all tie into the regular DC universe in some way. Yeah. And so we see Batman actually rescue. Um, Mother Panic, who can't actually be- become Mother Panic in this issue because uh, of injuries that she hasn't um, mm. mended yet, okay. um, and uh, yeah, he he basically can't. And they have a they have a conversation, and it's it's really really sweet and cool. And um, the art by John Paul Leon and the colors by Dave Stewart. So it's, it's a there's some beautiful Batman pages in this, mm. um, and uh, yeah, I, I love. It's very much about family and her past, and you've got this character of the rat catcher doing great stuff as well. Like, yeah, it's it's a, it's a really good book. I think I, I had to, if I had to, and I, and I said to the other day, if, it, if I had to number my favorite um, de, uh, young animal books, I'd put number one is still Shade the Changing Girl, mm-hmm. and uh, I've got a new the new issue of that in this big pile in front of me right now. Very excited. Yeah. Um, and then I put num- Mother Panic number two. Yeah. I put Doom Patrol number three. I'd put Cave Carson as a cybernetic eye, number four, and I would put Bug the Forager, number really? five. But I really enjoyed that. I, 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 don't, I don't dislike any of them. I'm just saying yeah. I love, like, uh, I, in, in particular, I love uh, Shade the Changing Girl and uh, Mother Panic. They're both very, very good. Yeah, my top two are Mother Panic and Bug. You love Bug? I love Bug. I you have no idea why. You'll, you'll, you'll love my, this issue of Doom Patrol then because it's yeah. the same artist. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> Real good stuff. Yeah. Um, so that leaves us with just the other publishers to do. Did you read well, many? I, I read like one more DC. Oh, please, please. I read Batman Beyond, which oh. I, I don't know anyone else that still reads it because it's just so average. Yeah. <laughs> it is not Dan Jurgen's best work because he does action comics and then he does Batman Beyond. Um, it's, I don't know. How, Damien is the new Rachel Ghoul and apparently, yeah. What? Yeah. Is so, it, does that work? Is that cool? I mean, you see why he does it because... He doesn't. He see. He does starts disagreeing with Bruce over the years. Rachel Gould sees the brother eye stuff coming, so he prepares Damien for it. And Damien's just in a bunker the whole time while all that future Zen stuff was happening. That's mm-hmm. why he's still alive. Um, and he seems like I don't like Damien's not my favorite character. He's just he seems very jealous that Terry's Who Batman is your favorite character. Superman. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. All right, we're not going to pick that. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Goliath was in it. He's the f- my favorite part. Of- my favorite part about Damien is that he loves animals. 
Like he's always adopting animals. Yeah. So Goliath is there protecting Damien. That's my favorite part of it. It was just a very average, and I should drop Batman Beyond. Has like, he got stupid facial hair like uh, Ray Shuggle? No, he's he's just a good adult-looking Damien w- with the same haircut. Oh, see, I want to see like like the the kind of teenage mustache version of Ray Shuggle. <laughs> oh my god, hair. yeah. <laughs> um, over to other publishers now And we're going to kick things off with uh, Black Hammer issue number 11 Through Dark Horse Do you read Black Hammer? Yeah Yeah man So good Jeff Lemire, Dean Ormston and Dave Stewart um, This uh, book was all about What's his name? Um, Mark? Yeah but his, his actual name is Barbie Barb- Barbalian Barbalian Oh yeah they call him Barbie So you call him yeah. Barbie <laughs> um, And uh, we learn kind of more of his backstory He's you know He's a an alien who, who comes to earth Who is attracted to men mm-hmm. And uh, so he's you know An outsider in terms of You know not feeling unaccepted sexually And also uh, you know as, a, as an alien um, And we have him kind of like you know trying to be trying to hit on the priest in this small town yeah trying to just or even to start have a friendship with this priest now having come kind of come clean with him in the last issue yeah but then also he i feel like him and um and abraham slam and well i don't know like this 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 world that they're living in like we know that some of them aren't necessarily stuck there like it feels like some of them created this right is that what what, we're starting to learn these this of it Who's some of them? You mean well, out of the ones, out of the heroes? I'm sorry. I, I think that Barbalian, Abraham Slam, and the Witch Woman create, created, this. created this world that oh. they're stuck in. I didn't think about the other. I, I think the witch definitely has something to do with it. I didn't think about the alien or Abraham. Oh no! Wait, sorry. No. Um. What? No. No. It's uh, Colonel Colonel Weird. He's he he definitely has something. To oh do yes, kind of weird. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Forget what I said about Abraham Slam. Actually, yeah. I don't know. Maybe Abraham Slam too. I don't know who to trust, Lynn. Yeah, I don't know who to trust. Yeah, and um, the next uh, the next issue is going to focus on the uh, the daughter of Black Hammer, who is uh, who is now stuck. Yeah, with I've them. forgotten her name. They, they never say it, and then I, I never remember. They it. do say it. If you, there's a little recap paragraph. Oh, uh, yeah. But I mean, like in comics, they always say a person's name so that the reader can remember it. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know her name, but yeah, she's starting to figure out what this place is from seeing the old couple, the same old couple smile to her in two different places and stuff. Yeah, like, it's yeah. like a, like a weird kind of matrix yeah. kind of. Glitch yeah. in the Matrix thing, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a good issue. It's, it just, was, it's it was, such a good series. Yeah, you find out more and more. You sound like it, and we get David Rubin doing Feeling Art next week, next month, which is very exciting because he's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Um, another Dark Horse book I read this week was the finale to Rebels: These Free and Independent States. I'm going to take a wild guess and say you didn't read this. No. Uh, Brian Wood, Andrea Muti, Lauren Affey, and Matt Taylor on this book, which is a uh, the second in the Rebels series, um, which is basically all about American history and characters within. Um, this is uh, kind of the um, shortly after the like Boston Tea Party events um, and uh, the one of uh, the, the the wars against Britain, um, and we have a, a a man who just uh, is obsessed with boats and he, he he all he wants to do is work is craft boats and work on them, and um, this whole arc I really really enjoyed from a story point of view from a history point of view, and it has a very satisfying conclusion. Okay. Um, Look, it's not it's not for everybody. Siobhan hated it. I don't know why she just didn't find it interesting at all. I was gonna say it doesn't sound like my thing. History, yeah, yeah, yeah history. You 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 want to you want to read some made up bullshit? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if if you if you like if you like the idea of a comic that's based in a, a you know a situation that that 
that, that happened, the scenario that happened, but obviously the, the, the story they're telling is, 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 uh, is fiction. I highly recommend this. It's, it's, it's really, really good. And the, um, the sense of, of, of place and time that Brian Wood is able to create in this book is, is, is pretty outstanding. Uh, I think they're the only Dark Horse books I read this week. Um, I have the finale of Black. They came out through Black Mask. Did you read about this? About the uh, this is the book in which um, uh, only black people receive superpowers. I heard about it and I never picked it up. Um, it was written by uh, uh, Kwanzaa Osayefo with Tim Smith III on uh, on designs and uh, Jamal Eigel on illustrations. Um, and uh, I think this. This final issue was the strongest so far. It was because it was kickstarted. They were able to basically fund it to be a b- big double-sized final issue. Um, and uh, I think more than anything, like the story took a while to get off to get going. Once it did, it, it and this ends really, really well. The action scenes are very well drawn, and the world that they've created in just four issues is is very impressive. I think that this is a re- this is a very very cool creative team that. That like if I was Marvel, I would be throwing all my fucking money at these guys trying yeah. to get them on board for and just letting them do whatever the fuck they want with Marvel characters. Yeah, like if I was Marvel or DC, yeah. like you know there are there are a lot like you know even not necessarily black characters, but there are a lot of black characters that aren't being well utilized at both of the big two. Um, and I, I would I would love to see a, a, a new fun creative team do a new take, get get given the reins to do something new and exciting with them. Yeah. Um, this is a really, really cool book, and I, when it gets collected in trade, I highly recommend it. A really cool um, black and white comic about about superheroes. Um, also, through um, Black Mask this week was a book that I can, I'm going to get you to explain what happened in this book to me right now. This is beautiful canvas. <laughs> no, I told you number to tell two. Me what oh, happened. The tables have turned, motherfucker. It's time for you to tell me what happened in this book that was uh, written by Ryan K. Lindsay with art by Sammy Cavella, colors by Triona Farrell. What happens in this book? What's this book about? Like? I literally do not get this book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not Zodjakan level, but I oh, mean, really? I get... oh, this is so much worse than Zodjakan. No, okay, I got... so I I cheated. My brother explained this to me. Um, so the main girl is hired by I don't think she's name. The blonde girl in the helicopter is mm-hmm. hired her to kill a kid, and then instead of killing the kid, she you know loves the the mother of the kid, and they just run away. That's what I. Yeah, well, I, I did not get that at all. <laughs> yeah, my brother gave me that. I was like, my brother's where to, where to go. Um, so, the, yeah, this is like a book about like uh, about hired killers. Yeah. Um, and but, I don't know who that new guy is in this issue. Yeah. Um, yeah. I enjoyed that part of it. I, yeah. I, th- I thought that was actually like a cool... When, when they stayed with the same characters for, for the second half of the issue instead of jumping from different scenarios yeah, to the other. Yeah, they kept jumping like every second page. It was just so hard. Yeah, but... Um, uh, Weren't there like some weird anthropomorphic kind of creatures yeah, these, in the last issue? Yeah, the alien things. But they weren't in this issue, were they? No, they they weren't. They were at the end of the last one. I forgot about them. Yeah, thank God. I, I hope they just forget that they even exist. Yeah. Just... But then the... Oh, I can't remember what happened. The aliens had something to do with the, the kid, didn't it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, man, it looks fantastic. The, um, the art by uh, Sammy Cavella is, is, is a real standout. Um, but uh, yeah, I would like to know what the fuck's going on. Maybe this is a, this is a, this is a wait for a trader as well. Yeah, I, I'm gonna give it one more issue. I'm gonna keep reading it, even though I have no idea what's going on. No, I, I can only go confused for so long. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get to another book that we both read together, I'll rattle through a few other quick ones. Um, the finale of Nam Wolf. 
uh, came to a very sudden end uh, through Albatross uh, last week, written by Fabian Rangel Jr. with colors by Logan. Sorry, uh, art by Logan Faber and colors by Brennan Wagner. This is a book about a, uh, a werewolf in the Vietnam War who uh, fights on the on the side of the Americans. Uh, in this, we see another of his another of his fellow soldiers turned into a um, uh, an even stronger werewolf by the government. And um, it's up to Nam Wolf and his uh, platoon to uh, team up and and save the day. And then it just kind of ends. That's the end. Did yeah. it, is that is that how it's meant to end? Did it cancel? No, no, it was just always just a four issue oh, miniseries. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It just felt it just felt like abrupt. Like I could have read a lot more. Oh, okay. Um, it, it wasn't. I, 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 I didn't love the the werewolf fighting stuff as much as I did love just the kind of mythology behind why he became a werewolf and just the idea of having someone who was a werewolf in the Vietnam War. I would have loved a more of a rebel's approach to this where we learn more of the history of the Vietnam nah, War, nah. except there's a fucking werewolf in there. <laughs> I don't know. No, no Vietnam War history. <laughs> um, I'm reading a, a, a weird book that I doubt anyone listening also reads uh, because it's through an imprint that I think is quite hard to track down, but kudos to Jim for getting this into Kings. Um, Alterna Comics is a a new imprint that is basically like their motto is like basically like like bringing back old cheap comics. So uh, these all retail for one dollar fifty American each. They're printed on like really cheap um, paper, and it's you know relatively kind of unknown creators. Um, I gave a few of the new series a, a chance a couple um, of months ago. And uh, this is the only one I, I, I stayed reading. It's called Amazing Age, written by Matthew David Smith with Jeremy Massey and Christine Brunson. And it's about like when this guy's a kid, he creates a comic with him and his friends and they all have like superhero names and they fight all these other bad guys. And then as they hit high school, they're not friends anymore. And suddenly the heroes that he created in his comic come to their world and kidnap them and take them to back to the world that he created in his comic book. So they're living in this comic book that he created when he was a kid. Um, and it's it's really fun and silly and, um, yeah, I'm enjoying it. It's, that sounds it's, it's, fun. It's, it's really cool. That sounds fun. So, yeah, def- definitely check out Alterna Comics. They have, like, a, about 30 comics they're putting out. It's really, really cheap if you like budget books. Uh, a, good, a good way to kind of get a big, fun story for on, on the cheap. And then it looks like they're releasing a lot more stuff um, as the year continues. Uh, finally, XO Manowar, issue number five uh, by Matt Kent with Doug Braithwaite and, um, and Diego Rodriguez through Valiant. Um, continuing this very epic story of uh, the, um, what's his name, Arik, um, separated from the Exo Manor War um, armor by choice. But as he continues fighting, he realizes that that armor is, is, is part of him and he, he'll never, ever properly be separated from it. So he may as well accept his destiny and put the armor back on. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's gruesome. And, uh, you know, it, it paints a, a pretty good depiction of the uh, what, what, what happens when... Uh, when worlds are constantly at war. Good series. Hmm. Actually, finally, is a, a book that we both read. Um, <laughs> another Vault book. We had some Vault books at the start of the episode. We're going to end with one now. Uh, this Vault book is uh, Colossi. Um, and this is the fourth issue of this book, written by uh, Ricardo Mo, with art by Alberto Muriel, and colors by Stellaria. What do you think of this book? Explain what it is, Lynn. I don't fully... I'm confused on it now from this issue. I was under the It's impression- like 80% of the books you talked about. <laughs> I don't try to think too deep and do things. <laughs> um, so there's these little people who I thought 
landed on Earth and all the humans, so we would be called Colossi to them. We were the giant ones. But, uh, and then, yeah, it's just them helping little girls and there's these spirits that were moving between Colossi. Um, I didn't get that part. I didn't really try to think too much about the spirit thing. Yeah, that, that, yeah. I, I wish that didn't exist in the book. I wish it was yeah. just them in a planet. Yeah, I just I, I, I was hoping it was just going to be like little people land on a planet with giant people. And at the end of it, um, an even more giant one appears. The, is that last one more giant than we are? Well, it looks like it's someone else from their world, except instead of com- arriving on this world small, he's arrived on this small oh, giant. I didn't get that. I thought it was like another... It, I, I thought it wasn't from... Well, because they, they say, but just before we see that page, we see um, them say, do you think any other groups uh, yeah. might have come here from our world? Yeah, yeah. And then we see a um, like a spaceship crash yeah. um, on, on this planet. And I guess I assumed that that, that was also from the same world. Of yeah, the, the, I mean, yeah, same world, but I didn't think they changed sizes during the crash. I thought that one was already ginormous. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. I yeah. just got a bit more confused from this one. I, I don't know what that little girl has to do with it, but she seems like really want to help them. There's some cool ideas them. in this series. I'm, yeah. I'm sticking with it just because it's like it, it's yeah. interesting and it's relatively quick to read too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Big <yeah>. factor. <laughs> yeah. um, so those are all of our uh, reviews this week, save for one review of Savage Dragon issue 225, but uh, I'll save you from that, Lynn. Yeah, I, I your... would have really enjoyed that. Did you see? I, um, I had to... Um, I, th- it didn't properly ship to Kings. Oh, yeah, so you had to get the I variant. To, I, had to get, I had to get the one variant that was shipped here, and the only variant that was shipped here was the erotic cover. <laughs> I didn't see it. I don't want to see it. <laughs> you don't want to see it? No. You, you don't like sex in your... Man, this is a... Tali's telling this me is no. a ridiculously over-the-top pornographic uh, front, <laughs> front cover. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll secretly make it your your laptop wallpaper while you're not looking. No, leave it the corgis. <laughs> um, Lynn, thank you so much for joining us on uh, this special episode. Um, if people want to check you out online, you can be found on Twitter at Cup of Lynn or at Red Hood Wonder on Instagram. I got to say, you've been up in the ante doing like a comic book post a day. I don't know if it's because because of this this episode. I mean, but- that was my aim from the very beginning. I just did a very bad job at it. Well, look, everyone should go follow Lynn and encourage her to post more about comics because I like her little bite-sized reviews. They're fun. Yeah. Um, Red Hood Wonder on Instagram. Go check that out. Um, and I promise you soon we'll eat some yum cha together. Yeah, you better. Yeah. You made a promise to all the listeners. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I promise I'll eat dumplings, dear listeners. Like it's, not, it's pretty easy. <laughs> Just It's my kidneys. My kidneys don't want dumplings, I guess. Uh, so thank you, Lynn. And uh, over, thank you, Lynn Bone. Let's hear from Jim Bone. <laughs> See you, Jim. The uh, the king's resident savage dragon expert. Let's Pretty much the only one I know, actually. I don't know anyone else who read no, Savage Dragon. No, me either, man. Uh, let's talk about Savage Dragon issue number 225. First, let's start with the, this erotic cover, <laughs> which features uh, Savage Dragon engaged in a threesome with uh, three women who do not have green skin or a, or a dragon mohawk or like any clothes on really that, that's really, but, really um, importantly they, yeah. are, they are covered in, in bodily fluids yeah I is, mean, it's kind of like Eric Larson taking the uh, um, those sex criminals variants to you know the nth degree yeah so this is uh, by someone called Crash K-R-I-S-H if you yeah to, just yeah look up Crash if you want to see some stunning erotic art so um, lots of boobies is this the most erotic not erotic, pornographic oh, uh, variant cover you've ever got. By in far, I really. You know, you know, I mean, uh, we, we've in your had, many years here, in, in the many, many, many years that I've been here, uh, it, it very few covers have come close to this. Yeah, right. Very few, and uh, you know what? It's you, you can you can take this two ways. It's just like it's obviously 
a marketing thing and Eric just kind of wanted to punch some extra uh, copies out there um, to boost the numbers. Or it's also a really kind of brave thing to do, you know? <laughs> Obviously, the damn thing's um, wrapped up uh, so people can't see it, just like the sex criminals variants. But yep. I've, I've actually got, I've got, I've got a brand new sex criminals variant um, oh, oh, to man. open this week. I, I'll tell you what, I mean... Uh, being a Savage Dragon collector, there was no question of me picking this up. And w- when I opened it up, it's just like, well, that's probably the most savage, <laughs> you know, dragon I've seen in the last 25 and so you, years. You, this threesome has actually happened within the comic, right? It has. It was part of a storyline about a year back now. Um, and it got a lot of press around the time of release, but it wasn't as... What's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't as uh, glaringly, you know, uh, put out there, graphically put out there. There was, uh, you know, uh, Eric Larson isn't um, uh, afraid of nudity in his comics. He doesn't use it very often, but when he does, he man, he goes overboard, <laughs> and and we love him for it. Well, I see a lot. Of, I see a lot of boobs in in this book. A little bit of muff, no dong. Where's the yeah. dong at? Oh, do, well, do you see Savage? Savage Dongan. Oh, there, there's been you know there's been several Savage Schlongs, right? Um, you know, uh, over the years, over the 25 years of uh, of Savage Dragon, um, especially you know, I mean, when Savage Dragon turned up in the first issue, he was completely naked, right, and burning. But yeah, that's beside the point. <laughs> um, and look, it, it it was one hell of an issue. I'm, I've been reading right. this thing B- for before we talk so about this long. issue. Before we talk yeah. about this issue, let's compare and contrast Savage Dragon's <laughs> erotic cover. That I, I had the pleasure of uh, opening last week, and this week I've got, um, sex, got this week? sex criminals issue number twenty. The they always do these triple X uh, variants. Oh, it's Joe Canones. Duke Joe Canones, which is very Sweet. exciting. So we're going to open this up now, and it. <laughs> 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 so it's uh, John and Susie. Um, oh my god, that's so fucking good. So Susie is in lingerie and then like a um, a coat and then a wig and a hat. She has a loaf of bread, bread. in her mm-hmm, arms. Mm-hmm. And then John is on the floor, um, I mean shirtless. Yeah, he's wearing, yeah, he's wearing yeah, jocks. He's, he's wearing good. jocks. He has a duck mask on and then a, a strap-on on, dildo. Like a, yeah, like a mouth dildo. Around his mouth. It's how the fuck? How the fuck? <laughs> Or Dildo the Duck, yes, yeah. either way. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and she's going to feed him some bread. And, and yet, the Savage Dragon cover is just more explicit. Way um, more explicit. Yeah, this, this is just... That, that's a, the, the best one of these Triple um, X variants was... It, it's still my favourite. It's the first one they did, which was um, Brian Lee O'Malley. Oh, yeah. And he did yeah. John naked and his dick is a Goomba from Mario <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> Very good stuff. Highly recommend check, checking down all of the Triple X variants. Some of them are like quite artful like the uh, Hernandez brothers did one yes um, I did yeah and, 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 and really most nice. of them are just really funny <laughs> yeah but most of them just tend to be absolutely weird and we love them anyway no more smut on this podcast thank uh, you very much why not let's talk about Savage Dragon issue number 20, 225 uh, an issue that I probably should not have read as my first ever introduction to this, uh, to oh, this yeah, franchise oh yeah you've got a lot of catch it up to do so um, this involves like multi-dimensional hopping it involves big character deaths yeah big um, time I mean, um, throughout the the series, there's been alternate realities, alternate dragons, and you know, Savage Dragon tends to be. Uh, he, he, people don't like him because anywhere he goes, he destroys reality around him. Right. Um, but you know, it did get really, really kind of convoluted and confusing for for a long time there, and it's kind of nice to see Eric Larson getting 
uh, the book back on track because he's gotten rid of all the um, multiple dimensions, all the multiple versions of people. Everything's just kind of back to this one reality. And it, it's... All right, look, it's, it's, it's a big green guy with a fin on his head, but it's starting to make some sort of sense. <laughs> all and, it took was 225 issues. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> he does tend to take his time with this stuff. But for, for a comic to hit 225 issues... That's phenomenal, right? You know, outside of, say, DC and Marvel. Which, you know, they cheat. None of their comics really have because they always renumber it. Yeah, true. And then go back. Yeah, we're looking at you, Marvel Legacy. Oh, my God, the Legacy. Yeah, oh, like, I don't, I don't even, that's given me a Mike Wayne. I don't even want to get into that. A Mike Wayne? A Mike Wayne, yeah. Mike Wayne. <laughs> it's like Wayne's Pains, but yep. worse. <laughs> but, I mean, I... I Nothing's is, worse than Wayne's Pains. This is something I picked up in, in, you know, in 92 when it started, and I've kept with it, and I've loved it because it's kind of like my monthly Silver Age mm-hmm. nutty, foo-foo, just crazy comic, and I love it. Um, and I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I kind of jumped into the issue thinking, oh, where's he going to go with this? And he went in a completely different direction. Um, there is a lot of sex in this in this issue. One character is very furious that Savage Dragon fucked a bunch of people. Yeah, that's his wife. Right. Um, oh, yeah, okay. she, Fair enough. So, you know, <laughs> she, she, she's got a, she's got a pretty good uh, point there. But uh, also, I mean, it's because all the, these alternate realities came, you know, just kind of disappeared. It doesn't happen at the beginning of the issue, um, but um, because of these alternate realities, everybody starts kind of remembering or having these memories of lives they haven't lived or, you know, lives of their alternate selves. So, which is why, you know, Dragon... Well, and to to let you know, I mean, this isn't Savage Dragon. This is Savage Dragon's son, Malcolm. Right. And it's Malcolm's wife that goes nuts. And, yeah, like I said, with good reason. Yeah. Um, you know, Malcolm's been on everything but the Titanic. The guy gets around. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think Eric Larson's art style is is very reminiscent of of everyone from that era. You know, I do. He, he's you know, a, he's a huge Kirby fan. Yeah, uh, Walt Simonson. Yeah, uh, all, all those classic Marvel. But um, where like artists. like I don't like I don't like Jim Lee art in twenty seventeen. I love seeing Eric Larson's art. Oh yeah, and, I can't and, get it. And and the colorist on this issue, Nikos Kutsis, doing some incredible yeah, he's stuff. Been, he's been with it for a long, long time. Um, pretty much the creative team you see in this issue has pretty much been on it since issue one so you know they're 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 dedicated to the title and uh, i mean i don't want to spoil it for the guys who haven't uh the people out there who haven't read it yet i mean there is a big um reveal at the end of the issue and it uh does kind of set the 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 motion for the next 50 or next 225 issues (laughs) but yeah no i i uh, honestly, if you haven't read Savage Dragon, yeah, getting into something at issue 225 can be a real kind of like pain. Yeah. But from issue 226 onwards, you're kind of looking at, you know, uh, Savage Dragon Ground Zero again. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, for, with the events that happen in this, you're back to one reality. You've got like um, the, the, the the focus of the series is now on Malcolm. Yep. Um you can dive in from 226 onwards, and yeah, there's there's a fair bit of history, but it'll get explained along the way. Larson is really, really good at actually explaining this. So sort of has stuff. he gone out and said that he's going to do that with this? Or? Oh, no, it's just the feeling I got from it. This is just, it's kind of cool to see the title just go back to being the one Savage Dragon and the one reality, and 
it's not as confusing, nowhere near as confusing as it used to be for the kind of you know the person who kind of wants to just pick up a random copy off the shelf. Because I was going to ask you, like, should I go back and I don't, I don't, I don't know if I have time to quite start at number number one. Oh, you have time to read all the Archies though. Yeah, <laughs> jeez. Uh, look, uh, the good thing about this is it's a, it's all available in trades. But can, can you think of a better, like a, a more recent jumping on point? Or should I just, just start reading through nah, this for six? really. I mean, with the way the title's been going for the last few years, it, it was not very new reader friendly. Right. Um, going back to the original stuff really helps. Okay. Um, and it, it, like I said, it's all, it's all really easily, um, it's all really easy to get your hands on it, so... It's not that tough. Well, yeah, I noticed at Kings you've got all of the um, the black and white archive trades. Yes, yeah. were they originally in color, or is you know they were originally in color? But I think uh, Larson, being the uh, Marvel uh, zombie that he is, um, kind of wanted to do like a Marvel Essentials uh, yeah, version sure. of it. So, would yeah. would be number one of those be the best way to? Yeah, the absolutely. Yeah, and that's that gives you like the first what 30, 40 issues and. It's such an easy read, even black and white. Okay, sweet. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Savage Jim. It's not a problem at all. You're quite welcome. <laughs> That's right. Someone, someone reckons you sound like Sean Connery. Yeah, apparently. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> um, you've been listening to Serious Issues. My name is Andrew Levins. Next week, guess what, everybody? Guess who's back? Who's back? The one and only Siobhan Coombs. Is, Shinbone. Shinbone herself has, uh, has said that she's ready to start doing the podcast again. With baby? It's, with baby. Oh, Shatterstar right. is co-hosting. I'm expecting a really in-depth kind of uh, uh, review from Shatterstar himself. Yep. Yeah, and, and hopefully things are going well for him. I actually tried to get my son Archie to review your pile, Archie number one, this week, but he was just like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully Shatterstar's more linear. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, you can find us online, facebook.com slash serious issues podcast or facebook.com slash group slash serious issues podcast if you want to uh, join a group with thousands of other comic book fans who like to tell uh, guests on this podcast that they sound like Sean Connery. That's the place. Oh, yeah. Keep that coming. I'm loving it. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash uh, serious underscore underscore issues. Um, and you can find me on there at LevDog. I'm also on Instagram at LevDog. And uh, we have a Patreon if you want to support the show in any way. Uh, we're going to be doing another bonus episode as soon as Siobhan is able to do it uh, on the graphic novels I've read in the last month. I wonder what she's been reading. Uh, I wonder what she read while in labor. I was like, yeah, knowing, knowing her, I, she definitely read something. Uh, uh, I, I imagine a lot of Squirrel Girl. <laughs> uh, I, reckon some, I reckon she read like 11 volumes of some manga. If she hasn't read Savage Dragon 225, I'm going to be really disappointed. Uh, no, I, I'll, I'll, she'll be wrapped. No one likes erotic uh, variants <laughs> more than Shinbone. Shin Shin but uh, yeah, if you want to support the show, patreon.com slash serious issues podcast is uh, the way where you can go to find it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. All the comics that we've talked about today are available at King's Comics in Sydney. We recommend you visit if you're ever in town or you can uh, find them online kingscomics.com thank you so much and we'll see you next week cheers hey this is Levins thanks so much for listening to Serious Issues if you're not completely sick of my voice by now why don't you check out one of my other podcasts one is called Hey Fam and it's about comedy and pop culture so like comic book movies and comic book TV shows all that kind of thing the other one is called The Mitchin and it's all about the uh, food and bar scene in Sydney you can find both of them on iTunes or download them directly at yolevins.com slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.